0: Hey, welcome to episode 162 of the Collector's Quest podcast, Collector's Questions, the clever name that Johnny came up for our mailbag episodes now. It just sounds way more attractive than mailbag. So we're answering your questions. You guys sent them to us on social media. Apologies if we didn't get to your question. Honestly, usually we ask for these questions like six hours before we record the show. So we're talking about stuff like how our perspectives on video game collecting have changed over time. Why isn't Super Volleyball the stadium events of the Sega Genesis? What we don't like about retro gaming stores? What are the worst condition flaws? Just, you know, like questions about video game stuff. So give us five stars on iTunes, tell your mom about the show, patreon.com slash collectors quest, and let's go. All right, we had a recording problem. Uh, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but my audio and Stefan's audio was fine. But I had to use the Skype backup audio for this call, or for this podcast. So sorry about the audio quality. It still should be pretty listenable. We'll do better next time. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. What's going on, guys?
1: We just had a, 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 rousing, uh, a rousing conversation on, on uh, Discord with some patrons prior to this recording that was something that i think i don't know did you guys you guys didn't do that last week right this is the first time we've done that sure did not. first time we've done that awesome and well i think we had a good old time yep and that's
2: something that will kind of occur sporadically as we record episodes we, we didn't it was very informal we didn't put out a notice so if you are our patreon and you're hearing this and you're like i wasn't notified it was uh, an informal impromptu uh go up go for it. So.
1: Yeah, I was legitimately just waiting for these guys to log on and I was like, "Hey, I'm on camera. You can come yeah. hang out or not." But
2: the, but the rest of the people, they don't want to hear about what our patrons did. If 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 you didn't know, we we've got a we've got a patron Site that you can sign up collectors quest or www.patron.com slash collectors quest. You can join us, get on our Discord, find this stuff. But let's not talk about that anymore. Let's get into what we're really doing. Because I, I know when I'm not a patron of thing and I have to hear 30 minutes of that, I'm like, okay, I get it. You want me to pay you money?
0: I hate it. I hate this right now. <laughs> Guys, I have a this is a mailbag episode. Have we said that no, yet? No,
2: it's collectors yeah. questions.
0: It's collector's oh, this, questions. this is get collector's questions, everybody. That's pretty good. I have a good story about this. Um, And by good story, I mean, uh uh-oh. I put out these Instagram stories asking for questions. And when we get on the show, it's always like, ha-ha, no one likes Tyler. Tyler never gets any questions. So Ada, I go downstairs and Ada's like, did you see the response to your Instagram story? And I'm like, no, I didn't get it. I only got like one response. You have to go to the stories to look at the responses, to look at what you get. You, you do don't not... just get private messages. So I've only ever answered a question from you if you sent me a private message. I've never oh my looked God. at any so of people, This
1: whole time, people have been sending you questions and you're just like, nah, f*** you, guy. I am
0: so sorry. These guys <laughs> know that like, I do not river. know how to use Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: this, was after, look, this was after Ada, Johnny, this was after Ada had to like, help him Teach figure him how out stories. how to put in <laughs> yeah. the beginning. She, the of- this she, she was taught like me how to do it. She didn't ago. tell me how to look at the responses.
0: Because I would get people who sent me messages via just private message and I'd be like, alright, I got like three questions from people. Uh, I can't breathe. Those oh, people God. are the people <laughs> who don't know how to use Instagram <laughs> along with me.
2: Yeah, but this, I want, in, I want everyone to know the life I live of Tyler always going like, okay, boomer to me. This, and I'm not a boomer. So... I'm a Gen Xer. And then listen to this old... He has it's no cool. idea what's going on. <laughs> you still got a flip phone.
0: Oh. I just fear, feel terrible because I I know, like, reaching out to someone and them just completely ghosting you sucks. So if I, I have done though. that with one of your questions in the past, I sincerely oh. apologize. God. Bless oh, God. you, Tyler.
2: You were so Tyler.
1: Now I understand why you wanted our natural reactions. <laughs> Yes, during the pre-show, I Tyler's like, I have things to tell you guys, but I can't tell you now because I need your natural reactions.
0: <sighs>
1: oh my God.
2: Okay. All uh, right, let's focus, recenter. Take a breath. Good. We're good. Okay. This episode is about collectors' questions. We've reached out to you guys and we're going to answer as many as we can. Okay. Uh that's uh that's it's it. It's a so,
1: Stefan episode.
2: Yes. This is this is <laughs> Stefan's episode. He his these are his most favorite. tell tell him why why you like these stuff, and go ahead.
1: Uh, I am just very, very passionate and and i I love uh, spending time with our community and reaching out to our community and uh, any back and forth that we can that we can have. Uh, I'm very much into. so uh, anytime that we get to interface with you guys directly, um then i love that and that's like why i've been trying to like be in in uh you know just engaging with you guys more and more and more so uh yeah i love i love these kinds of episodes
2: yeah i i enjoy them as well tyler hates them um because he's he cold and weird but you I know i
1: if i hate them and hates his they're grandpa okay. i don't
2: know if do, <laughs> i think they're i think they're fine before we get into the show proper uh i mean we've done kind of our digression already which is always the beginning of the show but do you have anything you further wish to digress into before we get to answering the questions no tyler
1: i think we're good
2: okay uh the only one thing i will show shout out is uh well i i got two so video game uh what is it video game collecting podcast on youtube is that what it's called yep what what?
0: can we can we have a conversation guys There. There's like the video game collecting podcast, and then there's video game collectors podcast now. And they both started around the same time. Can,
1: can we stop it?
0: Stop.
2: It. Uh, well, listen to the one with Josh Byerly and uh, Matt Rose. The other guy. Right. Uh, right
1: about now. Other... Once this airs right about now, as Josh Byerly is listening to the podcast, I will get PM'd with him telling me that Tyler is mean.
0: Yes yeah <laughs> also josh what happened i i had to wait like a year for episode three of that podcast and then they put out like seven episodes in a
1: week yeah yeah so the <laughs> look, the they're new committing one committing to their audience tyler
2: yeah it's great look let's not let's not shun it like that's who no cares? it's great like,
1: i love it
0: i'm like
2: what are we going to talk about timetables to people sometimes we got two sometimes we got four sometimes we got one like hmm. we're, we're we're not people to talk about schedules but uh they had Acid Jaguar from the NA days on. Also, uh, he man. is underscore Acid Jaguar. There are two Acid Jaguars on Instagram. Uh, if you don't follow his account, go ahead and check it out. So there, but make sure you put the underscore one, or you will get a very different Acid Jaguar. Just saying. Uh, but he did he did a like a Nintendo paper episode. Stefan, you should check that one out. I wanted to tell yep. you about it because he talked about Nintendo Power a lot and hint books. And you guys know how I love a hint book. And he went into he went into all that stuff, and that was cool. I, I you know I listened to all of theirs because uh, I like video video game content uh, when it's easy, meaning like I can put it on in the background while I'm like chasing my son around or something, uh, while he like you know screams at the dog, and that's it's nice that that one's easy. You don't it's it's on YouTube, but you don't need to see their faces. But this one, Stefan, you're gonna want to watch because Acid Jaguar is, is showing many many goods so that yeah. was cool he
1: he has an incredible uh, paper collection and you know coming from me that's a pretty strong statement um, and uh, he is he's the one that I go to when like his name's Andrew and uh, when when I'm not sure i whether or not I've seen something or want more information like he's the one that I go to so uh, so yeah anytime anytime he is uh, sharing his uh, his collection and wealth of knowledge, you should listen if you are interested in things of historical value.
2: Yeah, and well, and that's you know they they bring on guests and that's uh, one of the things that is interesting. They had uh, Robin on the other day too. So <laughs> they they have people there, before we got him, like Robin's finally like, finally someone put me on a podcast. But uh, sorry, Robin, blame Tyler. But uh, you know they're going to be connected to people who. Uh, have been collecting for a long time, you know, deep knowledge stuff. So definitely check them out. Uh, They bring on guests a lot. And I, uh, you know, we don't. So what are are we going (laughs) to complain
1: about? We don't.
2: Anyways, I thought that was cool. And then also, if you remember from a long time ago, like I think a year and a half now, we did a a special episode, a collector's edition, which I meant to do more of and still haven't got around to it yet with Carly. Carly. Uh, of all the pretty books on Instagram. Uh, she's the Harry Potter collector. They started their own podcast, her and a guy named Nocturne Eric. His name is obviously Eric. And uh, the podcast is called Dialogue Alley, and they talk about Harry Potter translations. So if you liked hearing about it from back in that episode, go check them out. Dialogue Alley, you can find them wherever podcasts are.
1: Also, can That's we just it. take a moment to appreciate how excellent a name Dialogue Alley is for a Harry yeah. Potter podcast? It's really good. It's really good. Good job.
2: You know, I, I will tell you when they, uh, I was talking to them about their names and they had like a couple of good options. And that was the second best option. That was a better name that I can't remember, uh, but was already taken.
1: No, I refute that. I refute that there's a better option.
2: Look, they were both really good. <laughs> that one, you know, that was one slightly better. Anyways, I think that, that that's all the digression I have. And once you guys got anything, let's move into it and start answering these questions because we have a truckload.
1: Let's do it.
2: Okay. Gentlemen, I'll go ahead and go first. This question comes from Peaceful Games. What's something region system, other category that are, you know, that he didn't think of that you'd like to collect for, but you don't because it's too hard or expensive or whatever your reason is. So what's something that you don't collect, but you, you wish you were, Um, Um, go ahead
0: what no i'm i have to think of an answer to this because i collect so much uh um, okay i already know my answer so I'll I mean, okay maybe well like Steph- arcade games because i don't Shut have room up. for them all right fine whatever Steph oh, go. Whoa!
2: you <laughs> said you needed to think wow <laughs> and then you were like i got my answer
1: nope, nope. <laughs> uh for me it's it's definitely always going to be as far as like it being too hard or expensive the neo geo AES, like and not that i you know this is I guess this is back when I was collecting sets and stuff, but like every time I thought about, you know, back how cool when it was I was getting... collecting sets, it's right. Games. Um, back when I was collecting retail garbage, the every time I liked the AES, it was uh, it was like, well, that'd be like really cool. I'd I'd love the like, I love how big they are and chunky and substantial. And like when you like when you pay, yeah, you're paying like a thousand dollars plus for every game. But like when you do, like that purchase feels so substantial because it's like such a you know the shock cases are amazing and just everything about the construction of Neo Geo AES games are amazing. But they're so goddamn expensive, and like, it is one of those systems where it's sort of, sort of similar to twenty six hundred, where like that top one percent is so incredibly scarce that like, I don't know, maybe like one or two people on the planet have a full AES set. I'm making that up. I'm assuming. Is it the
2: AES a, or the MVS?
1: The MVS is the arcade. The AES oh. is the is the home console. But even if you were to, to do MVS, it's still really really challenging. But and just. It's like slightly less expensive. It used to be a lot less expensive. It's just a little less expensive. Tyler,
0: what about you? Well, it's not Neo Geo. I feel like Neo Geo is probably like a a very popular answer for this just because it is so expensive. But I don't like fighting games. I don't like beat em ups. And that's like a third of the Neo Geo library. I've got like an MVS uh, motherboard uh, and a few MVS carts. Just uh, I used to have arcade cabinets. Now I have just a super gun. I'd, I'd never play the Neo Geo. For me, it would be 100% space stuff. I would collect 80s arcade games or more computers. Like, I don't even have an Apple II. That's like the biggest thing I don't have. But uh, of the computers that I, I like to collect for, I just, I know if I bought an Apple II, I would not have it set up. So I've got a Mist computer, which it's basically Mister. It's an FPGA that emulates everything. And it's so much easier to just have that instead of, have if you have 10 computers set up like you're a computer guy you'll know if you're that guy like you would have already been that guy if you were going to be (laughs) that guy and i am not that guy who has 10 different computers set up i've got my mister i've got a couple windows machines and i've got a commodore 64 set up and that is like already kind of overwhelming for one desk for me uh so definitely computer hardware and arcade games It's i love arcade games the for the space an arcade game takes up like pinball machine wins every single time so that's what i was gonna say tyler's
1: if you wanted to be a computer guy you could just be less of a pinball guy and you could be a computer guy (laughs) (laughs) like
0: yeah if i had a room full of computers that would take up room of like five pinball machines like there's no way i'm giving a five pinball machines
1: (laughs) what about that really really wide one you just get rid of that one and that's like what two or three
0: what really? No, the, so those wide ones are... Oh, stop it, Steph. Don't... They are <laughs> very stop wide. Stop
2: antagonizing. He's trolling you. Just... Tyler, you have always fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer now. Uh, for me, video game-wise, there isn't really anything. So, I, I you know... I wish I had more toys, which is weird because toys are such a pain in the ass. If I had all the space in the world, like I would love a complete Masters of the Universe set and a complete uh, Kenner set of Star Wars figures in in box and like have a cool display for that. Like that's very nostalgic for me, both of those toy lines. So that's like what I would like to see. I do have a bunch of Star Wars stuff now anyway, so it's not it's not that much of a stretch, but. Uh, like, I would have all the vehicles in the play sets. If you've seen any of the Masters of the Universe play sets, they are huge. Uh, like, but the Castle Grayskull box looks so awesome, and the Eternia one, ugh, so good. But mm-hmm. they are they are so big. It's it's so dumb. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, that's it. Like, video game-wise, nah, like, I wish I had a couple more pinball machines. You know, I, I wish I had one main cabinet, because I don't care if to have 400 arcade machines. i just like one. Like, one nice one, that would be fine with me.
1: You could find find space for a main cabinet. I don't.
2: I don't want. I don't want to find space because that means I would have to remove something that's already here. Like people are like, oh yeah, like what's your what's your room? And I'm like, uh, this like my whole house is a room. Um, <laughs> you know, because my wife and I both collect stuff, so you know, it it looks like adults live here. Kinda. Uh, we'll talk about that more later. All right. Um, I have nothing further to add to that. Uh, let's go uh, to retro G E 2 He asked, uh, okay, uh, this, this question means more to me than it, it should. <laughs> Is a taco a sandwich? Cause I think we all can agree. Hot dogs are, um, look, we can talk about, uh, truth and objects. Uh, you could, you could be Aristotle. You could be Socrates in in whichever you, way you want to look at these things. Um, I, I will tell you like, Man, there was uh, there's a current show that references the uh, ship of Theseus, and and if you know about that, you can talk about what that means. Uh, is a thing a thing? And if you do all this stuff to it, I don't care about all that. I'm gonna come at this from comms. A thing is only a thing unless we all agree on it. So I don't care if a taco is a sandwich. I don't care if a hot dog is a hot dog. None of that matters if you guys all agree it is. It is. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the debate like is a hamburger a sandwich? There, there's this. Uh, if you look at food and you go down this litany, and I I did torment my friends with a giant list of this not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Like if, because like Chicago style pizza it is considered a pizza, but if you take a, a taco, right? If you take a taco, you like a, a tortilla and you put some cheese on it first and, or you put like, we'll say the meat and then the cheese on it and you don't fold it. It's a tostada right? It's not, it's no longer a taco.
1: Okay.
2: So, but a pizza, you can change the order, order of the ingredients. It's still a pizza, but a tostada, if you do it, it becomes a taco burrito. You like, I've had burritos without rice and beans and like just meat and a sauce and stuff. They're still considered a burrito, but basically that's just a rolled up taco. It's just, we could get into this whole thing. Uh, the world is crazy So I'll leave you with this because I'm not going to answer this question properly. If I took, you know, if I if I took a tortilla, put on some salsa and then put on some cheese. Is that a pizza? It's 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 a bread. It's a tomato. It's a cheese. Is that a pizza? If I bake it.
0: Yep. Have you seen pizza in other countries? Just like the world of pizza? Like there's so much messed up stuff that's called pizza. Yeah,
1: look, I'm I, all I'm saying is that I miss Mexican pizzas from Taco Bell, and they are bastards for removing them from the menu.
0: Okay,
2: I agree. Anyways, uh, yeah, this is like such a troll question. I appreciate it, but uh, and there, there's more coming. Uh, unfortunately, like I've taken a few too many philosophy and uh, communications classes, so like it's like oh, an innocuous question, and my brain's like, well, if we look at this stereo. Uh, these philosophers, if we look at Aristotle and Socrates, and we talk about uh, object truth and the what is true and what is real. My, that's what my brain starts to spin, and I'm just like, nah. Now nah, this isn't a good question for me. I, I I rabbit hole too hard on it.
1: I just need like a stop the line, like a stop the assembly line button. You know, like when you're starting to go down this road, where I just go, burn, Johnny, stop, yeah, Johnny, <laughs> don't, don't
2: come back. Yes. <laughs> yeah my wife wishes that button existed too (laughs) all right um now we get from red the game shark to follow up to this
1: what an oddly similar question
2: (laughs) yeah if peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter what would it be called? It doesn't matter. It would still be the thing it is because objects are only objects because we have a shared experience around them and call them whatever they're called. If aliens came down and saw a chair, like imagine the earth becomes a wasteland, right? But all the chairs survive and uh, aliens and they're like cephalopods or something, right? They don't have legs. You know, they're just like or tentacle monsters or whatever. They come down and they see this thing, a chair, and they can perceive no reason for this thing to exist. They're going to call it whatever they want, and they're going to divine whatever its use is. Uh, and they're going to be probably wrong initially, and maybe after years and years of research, they'll get it right, or maybe they'll have records. Who knows? Doesn't f-ing matter. A chair is a chair because we agree it's a chair. Peanut butter is peanut butter because we agree it is. If it's not, you could be called anything else as long as we all agreed that's what it would be, because that's how communication works and uh, objects actually have no truth. They just exist. Uh, The name is uh, a moniker placed upon the object. The object exists outside of the name. And once we go away and our knowledge of that moniker goes, then it is no longer the thing and its uses will be changed and uh, aligned to whoever finds it next.
1: I'm really glad there's only two of these.
0: Yeah, I'll give a real answer. it would probably be called peanut jam because butter is like an actual term for how you've mashed your thing into like a creamy paste, like preserves and I was gonna chutney say, paste and or stuff. That's all like an actual thing. It. So we would just, if that if butter didn't exist, we would just call it one of the other things. And then all the butters would be mixed in with all the jams. Right? Yeah, that's some right. weak ass right.
2: commoner answers. God right
0: damn it. I'm just, k- shut up with your philosophy degree, Johnny. I would
2: call degree, it Johnny. peanut butter jam. <laughs> peanut <laughs> peanut, jam peanut butter jam. A thing is only a thing. If we jam. can all
0: agree, it's a thing peanut cream? Let's
2: call it peanut butter paste <laughs> because that would be my, maybe peanut butter is, sauce. I don't know. Pe- peanut Shut paste
1: up. is definitely not as appetizing. These are yeah, not
0: types of fruit preserves, though, Johnny.
2: I don't care.
1: Mm, I don't want an actual diatribe over this. I don't right. understand. Are we no, talking
2: about I... video games? No, not yet. Um, Richard had it, uh bringing us back, though, with this question. Should I post my Howard the Duck Commodore 64 game on Instagram.
1: No. Next question.
2: Yes, absolutely. This <laughs> is an easy one. But also he says, what other Commodore 64 games should I keep an eye out for that I have cool box art? Uh, he says he does not and never will own a Commodore 64. <laughs> he just likes the way the boxes and the games look on the shelf, which is something Stefan can appreciate.
1: I sure can. What's All up right, to my 3DO so, uh, collectors?
2: Um, let's, I, I think the most correct person to answer this question, though, is Tyler. No. Uh, what? Yeah, Tyler, tell us about Commodore 64 games that he should keep an eye out for.
0: All right, uh, Stefan, do you want me to steal your answer, or do you want to go ahead and say your answer first?
1: No, go, go ahead, because because uh, I don't know that I would know what a sixty a Commodore 64 game looks like on a shelf.
0: Okay, so Stefan's answer would have been the SSI Gold Box games and the SSI Silver Box games. Like honestly, probably like the most iconic Commodore 64 set of games. I don't know the but difference are, in prices they, between though, them.
1: Because, like, they're also on PC. Yeah, like, they're on not... everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like, when you...
1: Those are sexy boxes. When I but. think
0: of a set of games from the 80s, like, I think of someone having 20 of those lined up. Because they look great on a shelf. I could not tell you the difference between any of them. They all run on, like, the same engine, I'm pretty sure. The other serious answer would be Epic's Games. Uh, Epic's published things like uh, Winter Games and...
1: some. They've so much. Someone wrote Impossible but, Mission. Um, so... But Tyler, is this answer based on box art? Because that's what that's what yeah. he's asking So, about. like, h-
0: look at Epics box art for Commodore 64 games. They're all in like this neon laser almost abstract thing. Like they all look like they're long exposures of neon signs. I don't know how to describe it. They look f-ing awesome. They all have a black background. So just get all the epics games. Uh Howard the Duck, I'm gonna guess, has a really dumbass box art. So on <laughs> that end of the spectrum, I'm going to say Gianna sisters, which looks like a third grader Druid. So there are my answers for this. Okay,
2: I I have I have an answer. Um, If you want to keep it in the world of like Nintendo or recognizable properties, uh, I really like the Street Fighter art. It's so weird in eighties. So if you look at the uh, Capcom uh, art for that for the cassette version of Street Fighter on the Commodore, it is ridiculous. It, it, It. I don't know what is happening there. Like, it's definitely, there's like a brawl. It's like high noon or something. Like kids are meeting at the flagpole. I don't know what this art is, uh, but it, it's the most 80s, 80s thing you could see. Uh, so I picked that one. And then also attack of the mutant camel, you know,
1: because Go, going back to Howard, the duck, by the way, I just looked up that, that box art and it actually is pretty cool. I think it's actually probably the poster art for the movie, but, but that's kind of neat.
2: Howard I, the duck. Ooh, if you st- want to see a terrible movie, yeah,
1: I stuck it in our in our Facebook chat. If you'd like to see it,
2: nice. Uh, yeah, I very much want uh, Howard the Duck now that I know it exists. Actually, the Commodore sixty four has like a lot of wild games, and I'm just like, this is amazing that this is a game.
1: And it's an I would like to own game. this. That surprises me for some reason. Huh. Huh.
2: So, I learned well, something
1: today about Howard the Duck. Yes, you did.
2: Yeah. Uh, did you learn how weird and inappropriate it is? that? There's like cross-species sex scene that's gonna like almost happening it's, re- it's real weird
1: i mean as a ninja turtles fan that's something that i'm kind of used to honestly oh, yeah <laughs> what the, wait what's going on in ninja turtles <laughs> well that april o'neill april O'Neil is so in the in the younger version of the of the show she is way too old to be hanging out with those kids um and that's and there's just like some implied grossness and then like <laughs> uh in the newer shows like the cg show uh donatello is actively like in canon in love with her hey although she is, she is she is aged down a little bit
0: the best ninja turtle but
1: uh, yeah people having you know mutant animals having sex with people in that <laughs> universe is not is not terribly uncommon
2: yeah it's, it's very weird all right
1: fine it's fine um, it's fine. It's
2: fine all right we got an answer there so uh tower you want to read us off our next question
0: Ah, uh, from hardstyle Toaster, given the state of a hot of the hobby, what's a new collector's best method of obtaining information for their collecting goals, be it a complete set, finding variants, or whatever else? I know video game sage exists, but it seems like there's more tribal knowledge that isn't documented anywhere.
1: Listening to us. No,
0: Sorry, not for <laughs> I would listen to us for no. entertainment. I wouldn't be like writing down notes while listening to collectors. Like maybe like, oh, well, I heard cool. of something cool. Go, let me go check that out.
2: I don't know. Our uh, so you want to collect episodes should be listened to. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially I mean, I'm not saying collector's right, quest is a, a bad paper source paper, of information, paper, but if I'm like yeah, making yeah, lists, yeah, please
2: don't denigrate our show oh, to oh, the my listeners. Fucking... Tyler. God,
1: Jesus.
0: This is. I'm getting so much from you guys. I'm going to go leave and start my own podcast. It would be nice.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a question later.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it would be nice if you liked the podcast you were on. I mean, if you don't, Tyler. I mean, you can go. You actually can't go because I need you to edit the show. Sorry.
0: So what I normally do, I mean, what I've done in the past, because now I'm like, I have such a base of stuff to start off of that what I do now is different. But when I started out, basically, like making lists and looking for variants, I would obviously go deep into Google, but I would look for the, the best list as a starting point. And then the first thing I would do is get a picture and verify that everything on that list actually exists. And it could be eBay or whatever, because a lot of these lists are just horrible to start out with. It's It would be rare to say that there is uh, a game that is missing from a list that someone hasn't discussed in a forum. So I'm looking for forum threads on, on all these, you know, like Racket Boy, all these like video game collecting forums, like the Xbox collector's thread. And I will go through, like, five, like, hopefully there's, like, many pages of that. And I will go through every post and look for every game that everyone has ever mentioned in that thread, look at all their pictures, and add it to my list, add it to my list. Um, And then a lot of my research I just literally do on eBay. I set up save searches for stuff I'm looking for variants for. I think everyone does that. Um, But eBay is the best source of information for video games, bar none. Because there is no centralized source of video games, because there is no catalog that everyone looks to, eBay and social media, and write down and save pictures of everything you see. And if you haven't been doing that, just start right now writing down all the variants and taking pictures of everything you see because you're not going to be able to pull up that Facebook post again. You're not going to remember you saw that eBay thing. Just keep lists of everything you see. I honestly don't think that there's tribal knowledge. I don't think that there's this Illuminati that knows everything. I think there are lots of individual experts and there's lots of people who like start discussing things. And it seems like... Oh, there's this group of people who knows everything, but it's one person probably threw something out there and like the other person in the world who can like connect with that one weird original Xbox thing linked up with them. But it's a lot of people doing their own research to just look like they're in a hive mind, I
1: think.
2: Says the video game Illuminati member himself. Yes, Yes. Take everything that Tyler says with a grain (laughs) of salt there. He wants to throw you off the trail.
1: And there are certainly people who do do research and then hoard that information as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, so a yeah. good thing to do would be find the people hoarding information who are hopefully willing to talk to you and uh, ask them questions on social media. Like I talk to to Dan Gomez, Super Nintendo. I ask him Xbox stuff. Not all the time, but if I have an Xbox question, I would go to him. If I needed, like, I don't have a PS3 list. I I have, like, zero interest in PS3. If I needed a PS3 list, I would not probably start with one on the internet. I would know there is someone out there collecting PS3 who has an up-to-date list, and I would go find that person and ask if they would give me their list, and I would start from their list, not, you know, Moby Games or whatever the hell I would find for a PS3 collecting list.
2: Yeah, and there is a PS3 guy. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Is it Figski Games? Oh, man, I'm going to... Yeah, Figski Games. I think he's got a complete PS3 set, but I think he's coming out of Europe. But uh, I I think he does multi-territory. So that's just a thing to know, right? So what I'm telling you there is just to reiterate what Tyler said. There are experts out there uh, because a lot of the the systems and a lot of this knowledge is so big that not one person is going to have all of it. So creating a network of people that uh, if you can get in with them or like – at least if they are open to being, you know, uh, having questions thrown at them, finding out who those people are and then asking around, so.
0: I used to think, like, variants, like, there were just these super smart people who were just like, oh man, these guys know all the variants, this is crazy. Like, pick your favorite game and look at 500 eBay listings of that game, you'll find a variant and no one will ever have talked about it. There's just... It's it's mass-produced garbage, and there's a lot of factories, and there's a lot of changes that happen over time.
2: Man, it's like one of those things I I always tell people, and people resist me all the time on that one. I don't know why.
0: What? Who would resist you on that? What are you talking about? It's I'm your resting you, like, face.
2: People uh, people resist that idea when I'm like like no, this is exactly what complete is. I'm like no, there's multiple factories, so this could in fact be no no. This is the only no. There's a variant no no. This is the only like no no how would you know i'm like well i'm a maniac and i might spend five hours on ebay staring at games uh you know when i'm researching and then do that like a couple times a week and then you know write down my findings and then go back and say i might be that guy just saying
0: like i yeah, in no, people the, fight i'm in the xbox group and i know there are guys who literally they just have a search for like the word Xbox or maybe like Xbox minus 360 minus one. And they just look at everything Xbox that comes up on eBay and they're looking for something new. And, you yeah, know, like with NES and like Game my Boy, there's work. tons of people yeah. who are just looking at everything, looking for that that weird five screw, that weird thing to come up.
2: Yep. I mean, that's Well, you, well, you said that. That's what you do. That's what I do. I have a f ton of save searches for stuff I want to see. And I just like... Troll through those until I feel like I know enough about it to and buy one and then let it go.
1: Let it go. Let it. Go. Sorry. All right. So I have it. I have a small daughter. I'm sorry.
0: Also, uh, uh, try to get Johnny to write a video game catalog. Someone needs to write a video game catalog. I don't. Know, Josh yeah, byerly Nobody. Like nobody he, needs he knows a lot about video, video game games.
2: Game we we do need uh, uh, like Braveheart? a good source. Hmm. like, we, but we need to get all the, like, you need to get all those people in a room together and make them all share everything and then, like, decide where they're experts and then have all that. Yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll
0: take one, one catalog per console. That'll be fine. Per region, even. I'll buy a, I'll buy, like, different, cat. I'll buy an NES catalog. I'll buy a PAL NES catalog. Just. Mm.
2: the problem with the problem with that stuff is like you're saying it's so mass-produced once you once you write it you're you're wrong because someone will find something new
0: well, update the catalog I don't I want whoever writes the catalog has to be on top of everyone saying everything in social media and so whenever something comes up they have to know about it and put out a new edition because like stamp catalogs aren't static they update with new information all the time okay so
2: all right i have we have we answered enough this Stefan you got anything you want to throw at this nope
0: I'm
1: good. All right. I'm actually Step. really interested in the in the next question, so I think then I'll do read it. it. Cla- Clearvis says, "I hope I pronounce that right." Clearvis? it's got to be Clearvis. Uh, If you had started Limited Run Games, what would you be doing differently? I know you've all talked about various things you dislike, but I'm curious to know what an ideal version of Limited Run Games and similar companies look like to you guys.
2: Man, people hate when we rail on this, uh, <laughs> so be gentle. So be let's gentle. Do it. Sir.
1: it. Um. You know, for me, um, it's, it's difficult to, to what the thing that I dislike most about them now, the, the biggest change that I dislike most about them now, it's, it's, it's difficult for me because also being in the game industry, I understand why they've expanded, but so I'm not necessarily mad about them, but if you're asking about what my ideal version is, which wouldn't necessarily be the version of them that makes the most money or is the most lucrative for them, um, would be how f- they, they have strayed so far from their original mission, right? Yes. Where it really was, you Preach. know, it was it was it was making sure that digital only games were preserved in a physical format for for perpetuity state's sake, right? So that, that we can enjoy Amazing them payment. forever and ever on man. Right. But but they've strayed so far now where it's just that they will put out releases for anything, essentially. Anything, any, anyone who, who approaches them can get a release through limited run, um, regardless of what the actual content is. Now again, from a business perspective, I understand why they continue to find new things to do, new things to grow, you know new ways to grow their business. But I the, the company that I was a fan of for, and the reasons that I was a fan of them doesn't really exist anymore. Um, and and that's that's 100% to do to, to, to do with, again, as much as I understand it from a business perspective, uh, it has 100% to do with how how far they have strayed from their actual mission.
2: I agree. Uh, Tower, do you have anything you want to throw out that? I have some things.
0: I just think that uh, I don't know They they've they're not a limited run game publisher. They're just a game publisher it's it's like i'm not interested in any individual game publisher that would publish just like random games and they're essentially just a game publisher publishing random games and i don't even know like how much of this stuff is even limited anymore like literally everything is a pre-order right so they're just a game publisher that does
1: pre-orders usually they have like a skew like they're like they're like they'll have a limited collector skew
0: I mean, I can't, I, I can't say I'd be doing stuff differently because they, they've got to be making a f- load more money just being a oh, pre-order based yeah. oh, game t- t- publisher t- 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 than printing two thousand copies of of uh, some Vita game. But I, I mean, I, so from a business standpoint, there's nothing I could do to change it. From my personal standpoint, I would only be publishing like bona fide classic games. Like when they got like Golf Story, I was like, holy! F- they got like the most popular Switch indie game right now. That is awesome. And then like. You look at all the Switch games they put out. They put out, you know, 200 Switch games that I have no interest in. Um, And it's not just me personally. I mean, I know someone's interested in all this stuff. But to make it a more cohesive set, it would be better to, I always say, be the Criterion collection of uh, of video games. And even on, like, their older stuff, they clearly just got the Natsume uh license for all their old IP to republish that. And they're putting out, like, Amazing Penguin. And it's like... You know, you don't have to put it out just because you have the license for it. You can stick to the, the most popular Natsume games, whatever they are, Shadow of the Ninja. I don't know what the most popular Game Boy Natsume games are. I don't know. It's just uh, uh
2: it's Pocky and Rocky is the most popular sure. Right?
0: I would I would Our just say stop diluting your shit. They have a monthly t-shirt now. I'm on their website right now. Like they're putting out a different t-shirt every month. Like just just stop diluting your shit. <laughs> There, If I ran limited run games, there would be one video. You go to the website, there is one video game for sale. There isn't all this garbage. Make something seem important.
2: Yeah. So one, I I mean, I agree with what they said. And and again, mind you, we're we're answering and what we would like as an ideal. And that's not right. Yeah. The ideal is not like if your ideal is to make the most money. I don't think they're going wrong and I, I don't blame them. Look, I and You know I don't fault people for trying to make their money. I do find a lot of that sh- annoying. I don't need your cards. I don't need your stickers. Stop wasting money on that or acting like that's perceived value. It's not you know, like I hate making collectors collect other little things. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here for your trading cards. I'm here for your games. Uh, like Tyler said, please stop diluting. But here's like, as Stefan said, my number one gripe is that they've kind of strayed for that. I don't care about Amazing Penguin. I don't know why amazing penguin is coming out i don't know why that like they re-released a game boy cartridge for star wars like what is who you can go buy that cartridge for like five dollars why are we packaging it like this i don't get that as far as the 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 delusion there it's weird i don't like just keep the the like the cool games like Scott Pilgrim, I'm genuinely excited for that. The Konami okay. collection, which wasn't gonna get a physical release, I get excited for that thing because those are games that I would love to put in my collection that I couldn't before. The other ones, they exist. And I I guess you can say, Well, they're very expensive. But are people clamoring for games like Amazing Penguin? I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. A lot of these games I put out are like, if you could just get the cart, it's not it's not unreasonable just to get the cart for these things. And the yeah. other thing I I dislike. They take too much credit for what they do. Okay. I dislike the fact that they put limited run on the box gigantic or like 17 times. I know what company you are. You don't, I don't need a sticker from you that says your name gigantic. I don't need it on the box five Like they removed the Game Boy Color thing and put their name like they did something. You didn't do anything. You just, you just burned some new ROMs and put it in the shell. Like you didn't. Stop taking credit for it all over the place. Like, this is the thing. Like, but that's, I mean, that's their branding, right? That's, that's annoying for me. So I wouldn't do that because as a collector, I don't want to see that. Like if I'm after the game, I'm not after the company. I, mm. I also, you know, don't get into Nintendo fanboyism over Sony. Like I'm not a fan of companies. I am a fan of games. Mm. So I just want to buy cool games, uh, games I'm nostalgic for. Yes. That is mostly Nintendo. Cause that's what I had. But at the same time, I'm not like, oh, yeah, man, Sega of America was a shit company. They were, but Nintendo is the best, no? Because they were a bunch of assholes and like really did some scummy things, too. I, I don't want to be a fan of a company. I'm a fan of games. That That's uh, that's my rant over about limited run games. It's just, you know, they're going to make stuff that I, I buy, and they're going to make a bunch of stuff I roll my eyes about and and probably whine and complain a little bit too much on this podcast about you.
1: Uh, no, I do want to I do want to stay on this question a little bit. Uh, okay. because, the Collector's because, Quest podcast talking too much about limited run games. No way, Stefan. Um, no, 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 yeah. no, no, But but I, I but I, I, because I think I can I can kind of form a little bit more of an intelligent answer and point at a few things in particular, if we're talking about a different limited run company, limited limited game creation company um, because I'd like to talk a little bit about I 8 bit because that they are like when I'm thinking about limited quote unquote limited run games, not the, not the specific company, but the culture um, companies that do like specific scummy things that I can point out and say, I would not do that. Um, typically I am 8 bit has been more of a, uh, more of a violator of those things. Um, I, I I would not separate the game from the uh, from the the like chase objects or the extra collectible objects like uh, I am 8-Bit has done in the past, where they are uh, you know shipping you the game before the before the the product. Um, that's not something that I'm into. Um, I would not put chase carts in my already limited set in a way that is I am unable to look at and see if loot, I have loot a chase box, cart without loot actually boxing. opening it. That is the worst thing. Especially when you are pitching to a demographic that collect that is typically going to keep your thing sealed unless you give them a specific reason to open it. And so, you know, when you're when you're giving them a Street Fighter cartridge that has a windowed, like has a a, a flap, it could have easily been a windowed box, but instead uh you have to open the thing to find out if you have a glow in the dark blanca cartridge. That's a dick move. Nope. Um, I like that. Good. That's good.
0: Maybe nope. People open their games. Terrible.
1: Nope. Dick move. Crap is b- um, or just don't seal the game, but still. And and like as far as business perspective, uh doing things like selling out all of your dead stock to a big box retailer <laughs> and then claiming on your website that you have sold out of that game, that's straight up scumbag. Like that's, Well,
2: look, I we can't excuse limited run games because they produce games that then also go to to Best Buy as well. So it's like that if you're limited, why am I seeing it at Best Buy? Like I would like that practice to stop. Also, as far as we're talking about tchotchkes and stuff for limited run games specifically, I'm not I'm not offended by special editions. I'm offended by a special edition of every game. Not every game deserves a special edition. Make the truly cool stuff like Scott Pilgrim, like make a collector's edition of that put some cool stuff in that like don't just do the same like three basic bitch things that you can put in a game and call it a special edition and then move on i don't like that's not cool i no one wants that like just
0: you're not getting the terminator resistance enhanced collector's edition for ps5
2: no i also it's so weird that that's kind of like now they're producing ps5 they're just you know they're just a publisher and like i again we can we can go on but uh, we should move on, Stefan. I know you got a few more words you want to get out, so get them out. And let's let's move past this.
1: No, no. I really just wanted to to say just because it it seemed like I had I had a better answer if we weren't okay. talking about limited run, but still talking about the companies like yeah. that.
2: And I I will say that it's not like they. I, I've said it. There is some things I didn't like. I didn't like that like narrow. I, I still don't like on all the games where there was that really narrow pre-order window and there's only like 2000 and not everyone's going to get it like that. That was like and, weird. I, I did the
1: they didn't have like the web in- infrastructure to support that kind of no. business model.
2: Right. So like when they went to the pre-order model, like if you only give it a day for people to pre-order, like I'm fine with that, but you give people enough time if they're busy or doing something that they can get in. There's always going to be that window of people who didn't or came after who are going to want it to make it collectible, you know, I, I like that they changed their model a lot of stuff, especially when they got to switch because that was going to be a nightmare. So, um, you know, it's not like they've everything they do I hate. Uh, you know, like I still have given them and you know more money than I wish because they will put out some cool games, and that's I, I do like to own physical games. What am I going to do? All
0: right,
2: next question. Daddy Mulk says. Stadium events gets a lot of attention from collectors slash discussion as to whether or not it should count as part of the full fullness set. Why do you think no one ever talks about Super Volleyball for the Genesis the same way? Circumstances are nearly identical. After all, Super Volleyball was published first by a third party and then purchased and redistributed as Sega as Super Volleyball. Tyler, what do you think?
0: Uh, so just to be clear, the... Uh I guess the distinction here is that super volleyball, the original release is volley and ball two words and then super volleyball is one word. And the reason it doesn't count is because uh, no one is consistent on anything and everything's a nightmare.
2: <laughs> and also money, right? Money.
0: Yeah, how
1: expensive is the release? There's I, this is so the much
0: that people don't. so one I brought up on Instagram was ah real monsters. So Viacom ah real monsters on Sega Genesis. Has three exclamation points after ah. And then Majesco republished the game and it has two exclamation points after ah. So it's a publisher variant and it's a title variant. No one has it twice on their Sega Genesis set list. It's, it's just, it's not, none of it's collectively interesting. Whereas Stadium Events is collectively interesting. So people are like, of course that counts. Cause there's no rules. It's just like what I feel like should count. Publisher variants don't count. Title change variants don't count. Code change variants don't count. But sometimes when you put some of them together, or if one of them in particular is really interesting, then people will count it. It's inconsistent and frustrating. That's why I'm saying take one of these lists from online and decide what you think matters, what you think actually counts.
1: So correct me if I'm wrong and I'm looking at something completely different, but I'm looking at eBay here and it seems like both of those variants are $10. Is that correct? I actually think
0: Super Volleyball, the the Sega one uh, is actually more common and more expensive, I think. Like both of them you could easily get, but.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's my answer. It's going to come down to money, right? The reason why people draw the big distinction with stadium events and, um, and what is it? World-class track meet? um is 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 value right they they make that distinction because they don't want to have to pay seventeen thousand dollars for a cartridge um it has nothing to do with whether or not they genuinely think it's a variant or not or as I mean, very little not, to do with i that. mean that look because I, if they were both ten dollars they would just buy them both and they would look have the but
2: yes if they were both ten dollars you'd probably buy them both but you still might not care like i still don't care you know how i am Stadium? who cares stadium events is like one of the most boring things ever i know sure. some people find it interesting like had it been if it was a ten dollar situation yeah i would have bought it just because i'm a collector i'm just like yeah whatever i'll just put it on my shelf but when you when you force people to like really make a decision so you your brain then has to cross this divide you're like this thing is stupid i don't really care and then you're like well it's, and it's seventeen thousand dollars to like check this box and Athletic World is just sitting there and it's the same stupid I'm not doing this no At like because that that divide of money isn't insignificant right it it's enough money to make you stop and question like if i buy both super volleyballs what do i miss out on a sandwich who cares i i could probably <laughs> miss a few more sandwiches right that's you know <laughs> you should buy but some but more some super
1: key- volleyballs Johnny
2: yeah. yeah, should I? Uh, probably. That's my new diet program. Every time I'm hungry, I'm buying Super Volleyball. <laughs> yeah. One day I'll corner the market.
1: You're going to be like um, CWR2 with just like stacks of, No, God, Super so Volleyball. Yeah, but
2: like, oh, no. you know, $17,000 or $5,000. And when I was being offered at like $3,000, especially at that point in my life, I was like, okay, well, that's really making me make a life decision because I'm not a rich guy like that. You're forcing me to make a hard decision. And, you know, what, what is more important to me? You know, if I had been like thinking about it as an investor, I would have been like, well, I should definitely be spending this $3,000 because in 2020, this is going to make me a lot of money. Like, but that's not, you know, 2005, Johnny wasn't about that. I just wanted to buy like Zelda and Final Fantasy because I love those games and stadium events. Who gives a shit? What is that game? I'm not playing a power pad game. That's the dumbest shit ever.
1: Sure. So I think it's, it's, it's that, that there's certainly people who don't care, but the people who do generally care because it's expensive.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and that is a draw, right? Like, Oh, this is like a thing. Granted, I think it's a lot harder to find a stadium events than the variants of super volleyball as well. Right. So there is <laughs> yeah, some
1: there rarity p- factors and the pages that. of it on eBay.
2: Right. So, you know, there, there's that too. It's stadium events is a weird case, but as Tyler was saying, you know, people make up a lot of uh, weird rules that are inconsistent across platforms and certain games, and some of it has to do with the narrative behind it, right? If people have built up a lore about it, then that's part of it. No one built up a lore about Super Volleyball. That does not mean Super Volleyball is by any worse, or uh, by any means, a worse or less interesting game than Stadium Events. Because really, I can't think of a less interesting game than Stadium Events. <laughs> so, like Super Volleyball, my Johnny. Might
0: you would love to be in uh the the super high end game market because if you look at prices from 2019 to 2020 uh look at like uh I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna give you a specific thing. I'm like, look at the November signature auction on Heritage Auctions, but you'll see like Chrono Trigger $50,000, Super Mario World $50,000, Super Mario Brothers $300,000, and then you'll see like Cheetah Men 2 $6,000. What did it sell for a year ago? $6,000. Like, all like the bullshit games, they're like, oh, they're just rare. This isn't Final Fantasy. I don't like it. That's how like everyone in the investing. Yeah, world
2: because is. all those people, <laughs> all those people are basically starting at square one
0: as right. collectors. They, are. they weren't here. These for are the, the interesting games. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and this is, this has to do like stadium events is we talk about the fetish fetishization of the seal and the number. I mean, but that's what collectors did. The fetish of rarity. And rather than thinking about whether a game was cool or actually mattered. We're like, "What? Well, it's so rare. And we got these big, weird collector bonus. And like, it's the rarest thing I got to get. It. I got to get that in my life. You know, uh, we did the same thing. Um, not, not to the scores of money that sealed games have, but, you know.
0: They just thought, they just figured it's better to have a rare thing, a conditionally rare thing, than a, whatever the other kind of rare thing is. Like, wouldn't you rather have the 1 of 10 of the 9.6 Super Mario Brothers with the shrink wrap than a stadium events card? Who cares?
2: Well, because no one, no one's going to know. When they talk to their friends about it, they're going to be like, I've never heard of a stadium events like yep. oh but i do know mario i yep. mean it makes sense
0: yeah daddy mulks i'm gonna give you your real answer which is uh no one gives a f- about sega it's not nintendo yeah. <laughs> there it is. no one's no one's thinking about their sega list people's sega lists are messed up like combining licensed and unlicensed games just they
1: are all yeah, over they're all coming not true. the i, make dis- <laughs> I made
2: this i made distinctions <laughs> in my list
1: so, all right all right uh
2: Clervis has another one all right would you rather have a bunch of loose carts or a few crazy expensive CIB and save up the money for other CIBs later? Or as many CIBs as possible uh, of price, just not loose carts? Um, Stefan.
1: Yeah, this will be kind it. of interesting because, uh, you know... I know uh, your answer's that,
2: changed.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I started as a loose cart collector. Um, and, you know, to me, it was about... Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't all wrapped up in the, the monetary value. I'm still not really wrapped up in the monetary value. And it um, it was about what what it what my childhood looked like. And to me, my childhood did not look like a bunch of CIB games on a shelf. I was the kid that had a bunch of gray squares in a literal pile in the middle of my room Um so that's kind of what I gravitated towards. And that's what I that's what I loved. And 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 honestly, like, you know, at the end of the day, now that I've recently sold a huge swath of my retail collection, if people haven't heard, I sold like 5000 games in the last couple of weeks. Um, the stuff that I have kept is is card only Super Nintendo. You know, the stuff that I love, the stuff that really draws me from a like a personal nostalgic level. So um, so, yeah, I'm I'm a, a loose cart guy. And honestly, like I would I would. It, but it comes down to like CIB just not being that interesting to me from a nostalgic standpoint, and I would rather use the money that I'm, you know, that I'm that I'm saving on on those boxes and manuals to put towards something that I find genuinely interesting. All right, now Tyler, give us a good answer.
0: <sighs> a good answer. Um, it is hard for me to say that I don't care more about having a f- load of loose cartridges. Or actually, the question is really expensive loose cartridges uh i mean if it's if we're talking specifically about expensive games like good games like again going back not stadium events like uh i don't know what's expensive is final fantasy 3 expensive something like that mm, like a few hundred chrono trigger is expensive it's like a 500 hundred dollar game now when i'm buying the good stuff like that for my collection that is when it matters the condition matters most to me you know, when I'm buying, if I'm buying like a filler, like prehistoric man or something, like I want like a good cart. But if it's really hard to find, like I'll settle if I, I really have to. But for uh, the best stuff, I'm definitely going to get, you know, the the of your choices, a few expensive CIB, and then save up for other CIB games later. It's harder to answer this now because I have a f- load of cartridges. I have uh, like. Having a lot of games is something that is and was really important to me, and now that I already have a lot of games over the past few years, I have shifted more into buying more complete games, because it's kind of like I already have everything I care about, now I'm going to go for individual pieces that I want, individual games, in the nicest conditions, so... Uh, that's my answer. I guess.
2: Okay. Bad answer too. Uh, I'll give I'll mm. answer the actual question. Oh, okay. Would I rather have a bunch of expensive loose cartridges or a few crazy expensive CIBs? I'd rather have a few expensive cra- crazy expensive CIBs. Uh, one, because that would really force me to focus on the things I want. And, you know, in the end, that's going to serve you better. Loose cartridges don't sell as well. The, if you look at the trend in value, over time, it's not as good. And for me, you know, I like complete and box things and I, I think, you know, having a nice version of that is going to serve you better than than just a, a cart later. Um, I would plus, you know, if I was going back and collecting now, like starting over, like having 20 cool, like nice, beautiful games, like my favorite games, so much easier to deal with than, uh, you know, this truckload of games I have sitting in my office, It's just a mountain of games. I'm going to move one day and uh, it just sounds like the worst. (laughs) So
0: you can move them all over to Stefan's house. He has a lot of room. room. Eh.
2: So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, if something happened to like, if your financial situation isn't as good, it's a lot easier to move five expensive, good games than 40 expensive, loose carts, right? Like that equal the same value. So that's my answer
0: also go, go ask red the game shark first mention on the show uh i basically sent him a list of like the 10 most expensive games my want list i'm just like red these are my priorities they're like a thousand dollars
2: since we've said his name we got to do the ad be sure to buy all of your import games for cheap at cheap cheap games that's right contact red the game shark on ebay or on instagram or the discord and you can get cheap cheap import games that's right cheap cheap import games
1: all right. Uh, I, let's move I'm going to read one. Do it. Uh, from Zeno with an X. Uh, what kind of things would you like to see retro game stores improve on to make for a better collecting slash shopping experience? Uh, what are your pet peeves uh, with retro video game stores?
2: Okay. Well, I have a question before you go. Zeno with an X as opposed to.
1: I don't know. Any other way you. Like, with a Z? Yeah. You? So Z. Okay. All
2: right. Yeah. I just wanted to know what what the alternatives yeah. in, yeah. in your brain were, if there, because you made a delineation. All right, uh, you want to answer too? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I I'm a big relationships guy, so like, I, anytime I get a vibe that like they don't give a f- about you or your time, or like there's a uh, there's a store by wow. us, Johnny that uh, it's always historically been very, 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 very difficult to just f- even flag someone down to, like, to to have them pay attention to you.
2: Why, whatever um, do you mean?
1: <laughs> um, though that environment has never been my favorite. Um, you know, people who, you know, like, I also want to, you know, I want the whole experience when I go into a game store. Like, I want, I want to go in and feel like I'm talking to someone who, A, knows about, what we're talking about but like also cares to talk to me right and i understand that like they're also running a business and if there's like a line out the door i'm not gonna be like hey let's talk about earthbound for half an hour but like i I do want to be in an environment where i feel like like this is a this is more like i'm building more of a relationship than just the transaction um so any any time that i feel like that's not being my needs are not being met in that fashion that that really really bothers me yeah, I think that's my big thing. All right, Tyler. Yeah, what do, you, what do you got?
0: One of the closest video game stores to me is Lost Ark Video Games. I guess I'm throwing them under the bus. I don't mean to throw them under the bus, but they're like a huge f-ing store in North Carolina. Half the games they have, like everything good, is in a glass case. And the glass case is on the other end of where the cashiers are. So you have to wait. It's a busy story. It's like a really big story. It's got an arcade attached to it. You have to wait for them to finish up their conversations, flag someone down, have them open up the case... And then we'll go over to a game and it will be like, oh, it doesn't have the manual or it doesn't have the cardboard insert or something. It's like, well, and then I have to do that for every game I'm interested in or I have to make a list of games and then like have them go through each game. And like, I'm me. So when I'm going to a game store, like I don't have a game store really close by. My closest game stores are like an hour and a half to two and a half hours away. So I'm going to a game store to Johnny. I'm going to a game store. I'm walking out of there with 250 games. So, like, these guys, like, they're used to, like, someone being like, oh, let me look at that Super Mario Brothers. And I'm like, okay, here's my list of 75 games in the glass case, and I want to know how complete they are and what condition they are, because all I can see is the spine. I, like, I, I can't stand glass cases. Like, put your good stuff in a glass case, but if it's away from, like, the sales counter or, or it's like, Sega Genesis games, like, dude, I'm not I'm not stealing subterranean. I just want to know if it has the manual. Um, I am way more likely to buy games if I can touch them. And I don't have to talk to people. I hate talking to people. Wow. And then my other uh, other pet peeve is just if your stock sucks. That's kind of an obvious thing. But like, I would rather walk into a game store and see Panzer Dragoon Saga there for $2,000 and know like, well, at least that's there if I'm ever that desperate for some reason. Um, I walk into so many game stores and they have nothing. Like, n- not even like Grand Theft Auto games for $5 that people would want. It's just like 100% junk. Nothing for collectors, nothing for players. I don't know how they're in business.
2: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm with you on the glass case. The store Stefan is talking about, that's like one of their big things is like the glass cases. Like you're put a cases between you and the, and the games. So like, if you're trying to look at PS one games, what a chore. I wear glasses already. This is not, I don't want to be 10 feet away from the PS one games trying to read spines. It's, uh, it isn't great. And also, like I understand if you need someone there because the games are expensive to like look with me but like let me put my hands on the game. I'm trying to especially if I'm trying to decide if I'm spending like a couple hundred dollars on a game, like I I want to touch it. Um so I I'll be a little bit more into this. One I wish games all of them have like box protectors on them uh and the contents like were written like I wish it was just a sticker on that box protector that said like what the price is one, what the price is. uh, I understand that that's hard because prices change. So maybe not that, but at least they have like can get you the price quickly. That's always really annoying when you have to like search for the price. I don't want to, I don't want you to look at eBay right in front of me on your phone. Okay. Just like have a, have a better system to, to get your prices. Like maybe like do a dump or something in the morning and then have it available uh also like tell me the contents i want to just like pick it up and if i see it has no manual in it then i'm not like touching or fiddling with the game at all or bending a box to try and get into it like i already know i don't want this so i'm just gonna put it back you know that's it's just little things like that um i'll go into online though because i haven't really been able to walk into a game store in a while online stores just like please take a picture of the stupid game Stop with the stock images. Most that is my biggest pet peeve. Stock images, stop or no image. Stop. Put an image of the game in and tell me what the F is in it. If it doesn't have a manual, I want to know. Like, just you know, trading games does a great job with this. They just like open up their game, take a picture of it, and they're like, this is the thing we're selling. And I know, like, if it's got the map, the manual, if it's got an insert, you know, everything that's in it. I like that a lot, but not everyone does that.
1: I'll I'll speak to Amazon, too, specifically, because that's kind of a challenging market because it's like one image that represents like all of the stock for that product. So if you are going to sell your shit on Amazon, especially when it's like used product and collectible product, talk about it like that. You get you get plenty of description to type out the condition, what this thing looks like, et cetera, et cetera, like. You know, if you're going to charge, especially since it's like, oh, you can mark, oh yeah, it's in collectible condition. Well, what the fuck does that mean? That's so that's so subjective. Like, if you're going to say like, oh, this is in collectible condition, I expect you to tell me why you believe that. So uh, specific, but that's that's specifically for Amazon because they're they you their, can put their pictures on is really Amazon. Shitty. You can, Stefan, is it? Yeah, you can, just no, no one, one does. does
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, I th- no one. I'm, I don't think people on Amazon are selling to collectors. They're probably doing ninety nine point nine percent of their business with like people buying DVDs or something. They, they, we're not their market. Uh,
2: we. They think they're not our market, but like the video games, like I, I know lots work, of collectors yeah. go there like and buy from Amazon, but they, you know, Amazon just it's just not a great system.
0: Like if you're if you're a gambler, like there are like people who list stuff, they're like, I guess I should sell it on Amazon, and you'll find like weirdly underpriced stuff, but you can't see a picture of it. Yeah, yeah, by.
2: yeah. I, I gamble a lot.
0: Oh, okay, I, I hate returns, and I hate and Amazon returns
2: are so easy right now. It's just like you don't even have to like pack the box back up. You just like throw it back in the box and tape it, and uh, like you don't have to mess around with the label. UPS will stick it on for you. It's great.
1: Wow.
2: Yep. Yeah. All right.
1: Let's I move learned on. new things about Amazon today.
2: Yeah, uh, Gideon, or sorry, sorry, it's not Gideon. Uh, Gild Gilden? I don't. I'm not sure. Glidden? G- yeah, I don't know. The, you know, I was always reading it as Gideon, but my brain was just deciphering the the letters I wanted to see. Yeah, getting this totally wrong. Sorry, man. Um, you know, we've had a couple of good ch- chats too. So, uh, what Japanese proxy buying service do you like best and why, Tyler? Or or do you care which one you use?
0: I have only used one. I use D-Japan because, well, <laughs> D-Japan has been on Reddit before. And they're, they post, like, little charts like, our fees are so much lower. And I really have no idea. It's like other other sites are, like, Bai and Zen Market. And some of them charge, like, $3 a game. Or, like, a game. $3 per item that you buy that they have to deal with. Uh, D-Japan charges nothing. Like, I'm trying to think of how this works. Like, they charge nothing, and then they'll charge you a shipping rate, and it'll be like a dollar per game to combine all your games into one box, and then another $10 for padded packaging. But, like, saying that out loud, like, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I'm remembering something incorrectly, but no, it's like, how could you possibly receive a package, have a warehouse, store that package for me for free for 30 days... I am paying $1 for you to open that package and pack it up with all my other packages. And it's not all my packages. Like, I could choose which ones I want to pack up. Like, you have to, like, go off, like, a little manifest. They uh, they weigh it. They send me, like, three shipping options. I pick one. So there's another, like, someone stops, process switches, and then comes back to it later after I pick my shipping. Like, the price is so cheap for the service they provide. It has to be some kind of like drug operation or money laundering scheme. This is every proxy service, by the way. Uh, they say that they make money off like some kind of tax, something or like combining shipping discount. But it's thing. really black. Tar like harrowing. maybe they charge us the full rate for shipping, but they're getting like an amazing rate on shipping because they're shipping so many packages. I don't know how it works, but proxy services are so cheap, and someone needs to look into them. No, they don't, because there is so much stop, cocaine. Stop
1: we need those i don't care someone should get the service that i use regularly and need desperately shut Uh, down yeah stop that i will say uh d
0: japan they do like an okay job packaging games if you're like buying boxed games and like you don't want to risk one that doesn't arrive in like mint shape probably d japan not for you they don't do a bad job packaging but it's just like I ship around 20 games at a time. And if I were personally shipping that to another collector, I would not ship the way D Japan ships again. I'm paying them $10 to combine and package my things. So it's not, I, I'm not paying them to do an, an amazing collector job.
1: I, I actually have something to say about, about, uh, proxy services. Uh, just a, kind of a heads up for, I, it's probably more than one, but in this case it was, it was by dot JP, the buy with two E's at the end. Um, But, uh, Kelsey Lewin was saying the other day that she had, she was like bidding on a Holy grail of hers. And that the proxy service that she was using just stopped her from being able to bid more. And that's why she lost. And so I actually, I just (laughs) pinged her to see like what that was about so that I, cause since we were talking about it and she had said it was because she, she, I guess she didn't get like her account verified beforehand. So just if you're going to use a proxy service, I would recommend just making sure that there isn't something like that in place before you decide you want to spend thousands and thousands on something because they may just be like, nope, and like stop you from continuing to bid. So
0: I the same thing happened to me with D Japan. It wasn't that they stopped me, but like I signed up for the website and immediately I'm bidding on like hundreds of dollars of mm-hmm. games. And like I wasn't going to win them all. I just like what I do is I I, I like throwing out a billion uh like really good snipes and if I
1: win like 10% of them it's like awesome what's gonna happen that day that you win all your snipes and you're like oh sh- now I owe $50,000 <laughs> <laughs> there
0: there are nights I go to sleep and I'm like whoa <laughs> I am f- <laughs> if I win all these auctions but I it never it hasn't happened yet <laughs> one day I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be like why have I won $5,000 of auctions <laughs> Uh, but they'll all have been great prices. The problem is I'm not going to be selling any Ever. of it, so I will be. Right. F-ed. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, they they like they verified something. I don't remember what they verified with me. Um, but yeah, they did the same thing. I've also used Forward to me, uh, but I have not received my package from them yet. Uh, they do the Japanese
2: stuff, thinking. though. I thought that's mainly European.
0: They do. Ja- they do have a do Japanese they? thing. I haven't used that yet. I haven't used because Japanese with thing yet. With forward to me, uh, you basically just get an address and they're like, oh, ship stuff here and we'll ship it out to you. Uh, And like using Japanese sites, like using Yahoo auctions actually on Yahoo auctions is probably a hard thing to do. So that is not something I would do. Whereas all the other proxy services, they just have like a nice English interface that you can uh, use them with. But uh, forward to me, they're shipping me like a hundred cassettes right now in like their little fragile plastic cases. I am fascinated to see how that will go. I spent like a hundred dollars shipping to them or a hundred dollars shipping my uh, packet. No more than that, It was a hundred pounds, probably like $130. Ooh. Um, every time I ship something from Japan, I'm like, damn, I can't believe it was that cheap. This is great. I'm good to go. And my one package from the UK, I'm like, God damn it. I don't even know if I'm saving money going through this service. You are
2: because like,
0: I know. Yeah. I, I I have a lot of one-off cassettes and stuff, but like a couple of them were like lots of twenty to thirty. Anyway, no one cares about my cassettes.
2: Uh, yeah, I I use Tyler for all of my Japanese stuff. Uh, he's well, a great. Red the Game Shark. Yeah, and Red. That's what I was gonna say. I use Tyler and Red when I need the stuff. I don't mess around with that. But for European stuff, I use for To me, I don't have anything meaningful to add. So that's it for me. All right, we got one last. Uh, question here on the Patreon side. Then we got our Instagram questions. So let's go with uh, Peaceful's question. As far as unfixable condition flaws, which do you find most offensive? Punctures? Uh, Stefan, moisture damage? Sans mold? sand mold? I want you to hear that part. Uh, tears, sun-fading, crushing? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead. I didn't talk much last time. Um, you know, for me, it's crushing. I I don't like any of these things, right? A, a tear is like, like all these are pretty bad. I like, but crushing is the thing that most often happens to my own packages because someone will ship it in a, a bubble mailer. I guess crushing though can be is like probably the most easily fixed of all of these, besides from the moisture damage, uh, and the sun fading. So like if I'm rating it like personally I hate seeing something crush, but you can press things and kind of get some of that back um, moisture damage is like there's just nothing to do and sun fading there's nothing to do tears you can even kind of glue down or or like try to make look nice but uh yeah I,
0: Glue down? <laughs> that took me a second to, to process, Johnny. Glue down.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's ways like you fix torn art and stuff. I, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying it can be done. Like if you have a tear in a box, uh, there, are, there are methods in which people reconstitute boxes back together and, and fix damage and stuff. Like you could do it. Uh, and I know people who can repair boxes that have like a tear in them. Uh, if it doesn't like rip the art completely off and it's like missing they can get it to look mostly normal
1: yeah i'd agree with you on the crushing too so so, unless it's like really egregious you can also like press press them out a lot of times you can press that out but yeah you know, know you'd never i mean you'd still always know that it was pressed but it would still i mean it would at least look a little better um i think for me the one that bothers me the most is sun fading only because it can be so insidious sometimes in, 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 if it's just like a little bit sun faded, or if you're not really for, like intimate, for, intimately familiar with the colors on a box, for instance, um, it can look okay. And then until you put it next to one that's not sun faded and you're like, oh, f***, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's gotcha. I, yeah. That's why I don't like fading, uh, only because it's like I've been had by it several times, right. Um, and that's, and you know, and, and an otherwise great game can, uh, can be insidiously damaged by sun fading and you won't even realize it until you you know, look at a look at one that's not
2: yeah i agree tyler what about you how do you how do you feel about this
1: uh, i'm the same way
0: on sun fading like if it's five percent sun faded and i can tell like that game is worth nothing to me i have to immediately replace <laughs> it because i i line all my games up on a shelf it's the and, worst. Like, you look at a shelf and you're like that one's sun faded that red should be way deeper you could point you could point it out like right my away castlevania bloodlines
1: johnny <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> no uh sorry like, i have tons of games that have crushing damage or 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 tears or something like not I, I try not to you know have like the worst games ever but you know that's gonna happen to cardboard boxes and and sun fading is just the worst and then moisture damage i don't deal with any of that like not just because of mold just like if you have a manual and it was moisture damage like there's absolutely no way i'm buying
2: your yeah, it was just oh. nothing you can do it with just it.
0: looks horrible it feels horrible it is the grossest yeah
2: that like it becomes like weirdly crispy do, do not want. Yeah,
0: it's the worst. Feel like you could probably can you can you like resubmerge it and then press it and then fix it if you I don't know. I don't know, Johnny. I have no interest. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, so those were the Patreon questions. Let's get to your guys individual list. Uh, so Stefan and Tyler reached out to Instagram and to fish up for some more questions. Let's see how many of these we can plow through. Tyler, you've got yours up first. Let's go.
0: If we had to give each other a white elephant gift that we know that the other person would hate from our collection, what would you give each other? By
1: Connor Strange. This is a can I go? Question. Johnny, can, you start. I need can to I go think. because I have a good answer. Yeah, you can go. Great. Okay. This is specifically for Johnny, but I have <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even <laughs> get through this without laughing. But I would really really love to give you uh the iM8 bit Mega Man X. Um <laughs> 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 because I know, I know how much you hate that game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, God. I
2: wouldn't be able to get rid of it either. I know. You see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, that's that's almost worth a fifty dollar joke. Uh, you
1: know, uh, too yeah, bad that 100, game's a hundred dollars, like 100%, garbage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh. <sighs> okay. All right. Yeah,
2: that that's a good one. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Tyler, do you have have you thought of an answer, or do you have an answer for what you'd give Tyler?
1: Mm. <sighs> Probably my comet pinball machine. Like if I had,
0: oh, that's a because, good one. Comment because sucks. I know,
1: like, <laughs> like I would never give it to him because I love that game. It's like a childhood nostalgic thing. That's why I, I have it taking up space. But like, I know space is such a premium for him, and like, just to be like, just to make him have to like, oh, f- like, what am I gonna give up for this game that I hate? Uh, that that's that would be that would be pretty solid. That would be a pretty solid white elephant gift. Uh, I think. I also think it's funny that I'm contemplating a pinball machine as a white elephant gift.
0: Yes, it's very specific and tailored to me. Ada had a friend or a family friend or something. She showed me a picture of a a comet and she she was like asking me like, can we fix this? What's this worth? And I'm like, oh, that's a comet. That sucks. (laughs) Just tell him that. Those are the only things I want him to know came from me. Uh, I love that machine. Uh, I would, uh, I would. De- so I have a pile of you know extra crap stuff laying around. I would definitely send Johnny all of my loose Genesis games. <laughs> that would be excellent. Uh, I was gonna Steph-
2: send you loose Genesis games,
0: <laughs> Stefan. You're easy because I could just send you something that was sold in a store, and it would be like, oh, <laughs> what am I gonna do with this? Uh, so what's a really big thing that was sold in a store?
1: Oh, I don't know. Like,
0: a- oh, do you um- still have your Steel Battalion, Stefan?
1: uh yeah because i haven't i had not sold the xbox Mm. set yet by the way if anyone wants to buy an xbox set hit me up
0: i've got something and it fits in your collection i have a like one of these cube these cubic cardboard displays it's like two by two by two feet it's for super paper mario you can have that that.
1: no i would hate that yeah no anything anything like yeah any displays newer than super nintendo Genesis, like anything newer than a sixteen-bit. Okay, can we
0: can we talk about this, Stefan? There are people out here, and they're like going to GameStop and getting like three DS displays and
1: like Switch displays, and so it's just and they're so big, and like mm -hmm. most of them are incomplete. Like they're just like spending the rest of their lives trying to find the like kiosk (laughs) version of a Wii controller. It's just like, dude, and it's like the HD remake
0: of the actual game. It's like, oh man, you're spending like hundreds of dollars for this display for a remake. Just like go get. Go get some good vintage stuff. That's how I feel. Like I feel like the vintage yeah. stuff is expensive, but it's not like so expensive where you should be spending hundreds of dollars on some game stuff. Right, but that's, Switch the, stuff. But that's
1: it's, it's it's the same trickle down a, a economy that that like the the graded games have, right? Like where it's just like, oh well, I can't have a f-ing sticker sealed, you know, first print Super Mario, or whatever, for a gajillion dollars. So I'm gonna buy what is. You know, kind of in that same niche, but like I want, I want to play with the big kids too, right? So I think it's you, you find a lot of these collectors who are instead of, you know, trying to buy a four thousand to eight thousand dollar fiber optic sign, they're they're buying something that's that's affordable to them and and filling their house with all this modern display stuff which is fine I'm so fine. sad we
0: definitely have like a, a, a hardcore modern display collector listening and I'll personally apologize to you because you should collect what you love I'm just it, saying totally. I not love that GameStop stuff I just maybe I'm just biased because when I walk into GameStop I feel so cold cold now because <laughs> I'm like not yeah, interested in things
1: If you if you if you're buying it because you love it great awesome I'm right there with you if you're buying it because you can't buy the stuff that you love then just save up for the stuff that you love
2: IMO. All right, Johnny. So, so uh, Tyler, I-, I have one for you. Excellent. So, uh, it would be a collection of things. It would be a random box, and it would be filled with like <laughs> uh, a couple of PS3 games that don't have their manuals inside there. Uh, a smattering of loose discs from PS2 and Wii, specifically. Um, it would be a couple of Wii games in white cases but with no art insert, but the manuals in there. And then it would be like Super Nintendo and Atari games without labels.
0: Why? Do you <laughs> this sounds like an actual box you have, and you just read off like no. this garbage you're keeping for some reason. We hear, like, no,
2: I'm eight. just thinking yeah. could be like, and then I would also make sure there's at least three loose Pico
1: games in there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's just because I would of, want you to a spindle of PS2 games.
2: Yeah. I just want yeah. there to yeah. be like things you could never do anything with. And that don't fit anywhere together. I would just want it to be completely incongruous. Just like
1: things that you know, would absolutely have to trade away if you wanted to get rid of them. And we well, just But know no, but but no one's going to want them.
2: Well, the one tower never gets rid of anything. So he would just be stuck with the box forever and i would fill it it would be heavy that's what i'm saying he would he would lug this thing around till he uh, dies until i have to go to ada and help her figure out what to do with it and then uh, i could be like this one goes in the garbage <laughs> tyler could not do that so uh for stefan you know stefan's hard because he doesn't really have anything you know what i would buy you stefan mm. i would ship you very poorly a bunch of neon signs you would be interested in and just, just the,
1: the, despite the fact that you live eight miles away,
2: yes, just, exactly. well, ship them to because just make I, sure they break. One, I would want you to know that they were coming via shipment and have you feel that dread as they come to you, yeah. and then watch you open them and look at all the glass shards.
1: Somehow you would I, find a bubble mailer that would fit a neon sign, and you just like yeah. shove it in there.
2: Yes, that's pretty much what I would do. That would be my white elephant
0: gift to you.
1: Yes, so, I love it.
2: Yeah, it's good. Okay um all right tyler what's your next one
0: quill sucks asks i believe tongue-in-cheekly which nes homebrew is the best investment in 2021 and which is your favorite uh my favorite nes homebrew is battle kid 2 it is like so head and shoulders above everything else and in it's hard
2: 2021
0: uh well 2021 i played two homebrew games this year maybe i don't know did project is, blue is it, come out not
2: chumley's adventure or what? Was, uh, or dude, Charlie's adventure
0: is sucks. It is not a game for NES players. I will I will say that it's a game you can beat in about ten minutes, and it's a kung fu. They clone. made kung fu good, are you
1: but, being nice because they sent it to you for free? Um, no, I'm not being nice to Chum Lee.
0: I'm being nice to the guy who made it. I gave a very <laughs> fair review on YouTube. Um, it's a thing. It's not a great thing. Uh. Project Blue? Did Project Blue come out this year? It might have shipped this year. Uh, Project uh, Blue is so, awesome because it's so very much like Battle Kid. It's a hardcore platformer that uh, you uh, will beat your face against for many times over and over as you die. Uh, and then, what's the best homebrew investment? I will give actual specific advice here. What's that uh, What's that horror game we were just talking about in the Discord uh, chat? Dedius De- or whatever you don't even know what is it it's, it's got a
2: weird name it's like d-e-a-d-o-u-s
0: Dedius, i think so Dedius, this is a game boy game um i'm, I'm being sad. a little facetious but it's it looks really high quality and it's a horror game it's not on nes it's on game boy i'm gonna try to get one when they print it again they've gone through two prints already but man like i should probably get that
1: someone on Just discord convinced me to get it also you should it. definitely buy sheep it up
0: it's like i don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff I love um, well uh no sheep it up is made by your friend by sheep it up right yeah plus okay. it's a great uh, game.
2: all right i uh, uh Stephen, we have no input on the rest of this so let's move on to tyler's next question
0: anything okay. you guys like to see in small collections or from new collectors oh wait did i skip one oh i totally you're on my, you're I'm, on my I'm not even in the right section tyler will you ever create your own podcast out of collector's quest podcast uh, I made a joke about this a long time ago and it's been too long for people to probably remember the joke. Uh, I have... Tyler
2: did have a podcast that he started right after he got this gig.
0: <laughs> wow. Wait, what? That's messed You up. did.
2: You had with your buddy Oh, on... the
0: RTT podcast? You can go look that up. It's for a thread on Game like I'm like not even on Game TZ anymore. It's horrible. Probably horrible. I haven't listened to it, but it was, it was not good. I also had video game Morse code. That was... Uh, Probably thirteen years ago or so, uh that one went for like a dozen episodes that was the total gamerzone dot com podcast also horrible and then I did the game tZ podcast I don't know five episodes, ten episodes that was another you know fifteen year ago thing uh all these are really bad, and I was like a teenager in some of them, and uh, thank God you probably can't find them on the internet anymore
1: um. I'll just answer this now because I was also asked this by the same person. Um, So uh, I I don't uh, have any desire to start my own podcast. In fact, one of the driving forces behind me – joining this podcast originally was so that i didn't have to start my own podcast um but i i do frequently and i am happy to guest on other people's podcasts i i do you know the whole onus behind the the art collecting thing is to share and so i just feel like the more i can put myself out there in any type of medium um, is just a, another vector for me to continue to share my passion for Nintendo Power Art. So, um, so I do regularly and will continue to regularly guest on other people's podcasts to talk about that. But I have no desire to start my own.
0: Okay. I woke I up. To, who, how could I have time for another podcast? I woke up today. I edited the last show. You know, put it through <laughs> all the processing things. Like, I have to be at my computer so I'm ready when it's done in like a half hour. I post the show, then I'm listening to the after show, because I, I don't edit that, but I just got to make sure, like, we didn't say anything like, you know, like, personal weird information that can't be in there. <laughs> Here's so my that's, like, Social another Security hour, number. like, I'm not working on the podcast, but I have to be there interacting with the podcast in some way. And then I'm interacting on, like, Discord with people, and now I'm going to be recording with you guys for another four hours and if this wasn't a mailbag episode, which by the way, also I also had to solicit questions and update the document, it's, you know, 10 minutes of stuff, but it still work. If this wasn't a mailbag, it would be more work doing research. I basically spent my whole day on collector's quest. Like one half of my weekend is collector's quest. How could I have time for another podcast?
2: And this is by design, because like I said, Tyler tried to like side gig me right when he got this. So, you know, I'm just <laughs> just making sure this is locked down. You know what I'm saying?
0: I got a, a ring launching pad for the retro gem. What's my name, Johnny? Oh my retro God. Gem minor. Retro gem. It's uh, it's getting late. Are Johnny and Stefan going to move in with each other? No, another... I'm sorry, Johnny, are you going to start another podcast? No.
2: Okay. <laughs> this is <laughs> that like, this is all consuming as it is. All
0: mm. right. I'm skipping the next question. Cause it's stupid. Has your, ga- how is your game collecting philosophy changed over the years by side scroller? Stefan. Uh, has it changed
1: at all? I don't think stuff has been pretty consistent. Completely. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I'll, we kind of
0: answered this
2: a
1: lot, sure, but just briefly. If anyone is, this is the first time anyone's hearing about my collecting philosophies. Um, I started out as a kind of uh, a retail collector doing sets, but that garbage was
2: also, man, a garbage man. That,
1: that That was also that's also at a time when uh, my my wife at the time was was going through a uh, stage four cancer diagnosis. So it was uh, a lot of me just trying to distract myself. And so the sets were there for me uh, at a time that I needed them to be there for me. And and they did their job. They did distract me significantly. Uh, But over time, uh, I started to love kind of the hunt more than the product. And so I kept looking for harder and harder and harder and harder things to hunt for um, and wound up um kind of basically only collecting things of great historical value to the industry and like one of one like paintings and specifically for nintendo power magazine now i'm very focused on that so um going from being a as as johnny just eloquently put it a garbage man who just buys whatever um i'm incredibly incredibly focused um on 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 very very quote unquote high-end items now so
2: well I- like I'll put it like this. I call you a garbage man, but the other thing is you were still kind of panning out exactly what your interests were and you are sure. you're curious and you're interested in a lot of things. When it came to games, there's a lot of options, so you're just like, "Oh, this is kind of neat. I like this. Oh, yeah, that's kind of neat too." So you we were just picking up stuff, you were doing that. And that's a trap that a lot of game collectors get into because if you like games, There is a lot of neat stuff out there or just like, oh, like this is the history. Like, oh, these LCDs, like they came from this time when when this was like the handheld of the day before the Game Boy even. So like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like there's just a lot of rabbit holes you can fall down. That's why we talk about focusing and like really setting some goals because you can be overwhelmed. And if you just, you know, just buying everything you found out of Goodwill, it it gets crazy. And like, you know, you're going through some stuff. So I forgive you. Uh, but yeah, you bought just a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. A lot of it was very neat though. Just like, wasn't a focused goal. That's true. All right. I don't want people to think I'm just panning you. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Tyler, you, you changed a bit. Uh, you kind of described it already. So what else happened?
0: Uh, I would say the main thing is that in the olden days, Uh, rarity was the only focus, like 100%. And I'm not saying like all I went after was rare stuff. I meant the only thing I valued was rarity. So I was collecting sets. The only thing interesting in that set was what is uncommon and then what is at the top. So, you know, NES, my R7s, because we used to call (laughs) everything by a rarity rating back in the day, the R7s were like the good stuff. And then your R8s and 9s, which would be probably just stadium events would be like an R9 or an R10. Like, I thought you were the coolest person ever if you had that, or if you had Myriad 6-in-1, or if you had Cheetahmen 2. Um, And then, so, two things happened. So, like, everything changed in the past four years. So, I started completing a lot of sets, and I wasn't about to start completing more. Like, I wasn't going to complete, like, cardboard complete box sets just because prices are too high now. And then, uh, you know, what a craziness happened. And there was a lot more interest in people going after early print runs, calling them historic. And I got FOMO, not for the stuff they were going after, but I was like, F- I don't own like my favorite games of all time, like period. Like my, my third favorite game, my favorite computer game of all time is doom. It's like, I've been collecting for like over 10 years. I am buying, like, Platinum Hits Xbox variants. What the f*** is going on? I don't own <laughs> Doom. Like, what am I doing? Like, go look at my Instagram, 2018 versus 2019. 2018, I am posting, like, the dumbest sh- And, like, 2019, I'm posting, like, uh, like that 3D dinosaur, uh, whatever thing that I posted. That's, like, one of the first games I've ever played. And it's really hard to find. And I've never thought to buy it. I've just been like, wow, it's, that's cool. It's, like, one of the first games i ever played. Uh, so I've, I've obviously... I've went from only valuing rarity to valuing the things I like and historical things. Obviously I'm going after uh, a lot more older and historical stuff lately, kind of disagreeing with <laughs> what the market is calling historical, but, uh, thank God, honestly, it's more fun that way. Cause I can afford things.
2: Nice. Um, I don't know. I think I've been kind of locked in to what I'm doing for a long time now, so it hasn't changed too much. Um, Uh, You know, as you mentioned, like the WADA stuff happened. So I did kind of have to shift for like, okay, like just revealing the the revelation of just information that came out of that. Like, oh, I guess I don't have some of these first prints. Oh, some of these are wrong. That kind of shifted because I just wanted to make sure a few of my favorites were right. But I still love going after dumbass variants. Like, you know, that's where my heart is. Like, I'm. Probably not going to complete too many more sets. I say that like, I'm not going to say none because there's a few that are in the works that I'll probably finish eventually, but I'm not changing too much. If anything, I've slowed down a little bit. Uh, I can still see more of an end game in sight and not that I'll stop collecting, but the focus will be on like, I'm just going to buy every game that reminds me of Halloween and uh, that's what I'll be doing and it won't matter what system it's for and then there'll just be a big wall of, Weird Halloween stuff that I have. That's that's probably weird. Can you it imagine
0: it. buying like a game a week? There are people out there who buy like a game a week or like a game a month, and they're happy. What? How do what we is become that like? them?
2: <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. A game a month?
0: Like a game a month? Like these Just guys? One. They'll they'll save up their money. They'll go to the store and be like, "Oh, look the the Super Mario World Bowser's Fury is out. I'm gonna buy that, and I'm going to enjoy that game." For a whole month, and it's going they to be play fun. It? Yeah, they're they play play it. Johnny. Oh my they're god! It. And then sometimes when they're hands? done playing it, like it, like you can't play every game for a whole month. They'll they'll put it on the shelf. It'll take something else off their shelf that they already have, and then they'll play that again.
2: You know, that's a little bit funny, but also I'm most likely to pull something that I've already played off the shelf. I, and play. You're talking to like, right. I, like
0: <laughs> yeah. I do nothing on NES. I just like play Ninja Gaiden. I play uh. I can't even come up with another example. Like my other example means- would be Ninja Gaiden yeah. 3.
1: I I've played played Star Fox like once a week for 10 minutes for the last like oh my god. forever. Yeah. All
2: right. Um yeah, now my collecting hasn't changed too much so I I mean I I did the whole nostalgia thing when I first started, but that was so long ago now that it's it's
0: gone asking Johnny questions about how things have changed or like that. It's weird because you started out having not having going after everything already complete in box and being picky about variants. Like you started out like nine out of 10 on the craziness scale. And like, maybe you've bumped up to 9.5 out of 10.
2: Well, no, I mean, I started buying carts initially and like, I would just consume lots because I figured I could complete them later, but I was always kind of going for that box because Stefan talked about his ideal, like what his childhood looked like. And that's an interesting way to put it. My childhood looked like that too. I didn't have like all of my boxes lying around. But what I did have was experiences walking through stores, seeing things in their boxes imprinting on those things and being like, ah, these are the things I want and I'll never be able to own them. So I wanted that wall behind like the plexiglass at KB or Toys R Us. I wanted that wall. Um, so that's how I got here. All
0: right. Uh, our next question is, I've never been to a game collecting expo tips. I've got no one to go with to It's daunting by Rue games. 64. I mean,
1: I think, uh, you know, he's, he says that, that he or she, I'm sorry. I don't know you, Rue. Um, but, um, the Are whole, they? I, I have correct. You sure I have, huh? I, I have, no one to go with. Um, I think if you try hard enough, you can probably find someone to go with. I do find that going with someone is advantageous in a lot of different ways uh from being able to like bounce a price off of someone when you're like hey should i buy this you know just like a like a gut check to like am i being impulsive etc etc um having people you know while you're doing one thing another person can be like elsewhere doing something else and like if the two of you can kind of communicate and especially for like larger shows like portland it's really it's you know when when Tyler and Johnny and I are all in different places on the floor and we can kind of text each other and stuff like that of, of what we're finding that's advantageous. Um, and just, you know, obviously you would mention it being daunting. Yes. I mean, like being having someone with you is going to make you more comfortable in a strange land. Um, but, uh, other than that, I, I think my big, my big, uh, I would recommend finding, especially if you're less like find a show like figure out what you want out of a show and and kind of do your research and figure because like different shows are better for different things right and so if it's and especially if it's going to be like oh this is going to be like my one show a year my or a couple shows a year find one that you really want to go to and go to that one and if it's and if it's like okay well i have to kind of save up you know maybe maybe you know if you don't live obviously near portland for instance and portland is the one you want to go to and it's going to cost travel and and then uh then maybe you know go to fewer other things to then save up to go to to that one right um so so kind of do do your homework and figure out you know what kind of show you're looking for if you want to see more pinball and arcades or uh you know those though that might be a, a big a, a different show than if you're like into panels and seeing youtube personalities or if you are into like the vendor floor and like so so there's different different shows definitely cater to different audiences so do you do a little bit of research and uh, and pick the show that you want to go to the most
0: so i'll i'll piggyback off what you just said and i will say uh i go to a lot of conventions alone or with like a limited group of people that i'm only like tangentially in contact with and see sometimes uh magfest for example Vendor floor is garbage. It's nothing. You go to MAGFest because it's a giant party. There's music all the time. Basically, you get drunk with your friends, play Quakeland, things like that. And that makes it easier to meet people. But, I'm, dude, you got no one to go with. I'm the same way. I'm I'm not going to a convention. I'm not going to meet people. Also, these days, like I'm 31, and now I go to MAGFest. I'm like, oh, damn, these kids. I am like twice their age. What is going on? Portland Retro Gaming Expo, on the other hand, uh, I know... We all have a very fun time there. obviously we're we're spending time with friends. Like I probably spend fifty percent of the time talking to no one because I am there not only to buy games. I'm there to look for deals and buy games. I'm going through the vendor floor over 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 again. I would have fun at Portland just alone. Like I'm waiting in lines for Atari autographs. Johnny and Stefan aren't waiting in lines for me for things like that. But if you do, it is more fun to like link up with people and go to A a panel together that you're all going to go to Uh, if you're in any online communities or something just like post a thread or see if like at least someone online like just that you can meet with and you don't have to spend the whole show with them but it might be fun to like you know hang out have lunch do things like that
2: also it makes travel
0: cheaper
1: That's true if
2: you can like link up and and share a room but um, isn't
1: that uh, how we actually isn't that like basically how we started hanging out Johnny didn't I solicit for someone to go to Portland with me
2: Uh, I don't know if you solicited it. Yeah, maybe you did. I can't remember. Um, yeah. I mean, one of our first trips, things we did was a trip to Portland together. Yeah. But before that, uh, you know, it's weird because we talk about it with collecting, but know what your goal is before you go to a show, right? Are you going to see people? Are you going to be heads down on the vendor floor? Do you need a mix of both? Like really know why you're going, uh, which seems weird because you're like, I love video games. I'm just gonna go. But as Stefan was saying, there's like some different types of show. And they have like different kind of flows. Look them up, see what's going on. You know, so really identify what it is you're hoping to get out of it. And that way you can maximize getting like you'll, when you what you when you know what you want to get out of it, you're more likely to pick the right show and get the most out of it. What I also find, because I have been to Portland by myself, uh, like I my my family was there and we were doing like a trip and I was just like, OK. You guys are going to go over here and do that stuff. I'm going to go to the convention and I don't care. You just run into people. If you're in the community enough, like if you have been around for a little while, you'll start to meet people. You go to conventions, you'll start to meet people too. And then when you go, then it's suddenly you're just like seeing a bunch of old friends. So uh, it gets to be kind of that. Like There's people who I like a whole lot, I think are wonderful people, but I only see them at shows and that's great. Um, you know, it, it's like really fun to go and see and see them when these things are happening. And you'll find that that's not just in games. That's in a, a, lot of, uh, you know, convention communities, like people go really hardcore. They're like, Oh man, I, I can't wait to go to this convention cause I'm seeing my convention friends. So, you know, and you can build friends by, by going like it, you know, most people are there to have a good time. Like I find convention goers mostly pretty friendly. Um, especially if it's a thing they're passionate about, like, you know, right now, I don't know what it's going to be like, but you know, when it was video games, uh, when I first started going, it's a little smaller, a little more niche, you know? So people weren't like, you know, although oddballs weren't going there. It was people who were really into games. So you already have this common thing between you that you share. So it's not hard to strike up a conversation. And then like just general tips, uh, like convention food sucks be willing to like take a break in the middle of your day, go out and get some food. Please wash yourself because that's like really weird. Uh, Hand sanitizer now more than ever. You know, if you're sick, uh, don't go. Uh, And then make sure you eat and drink and then try to get some sleep. Conventions can be very overwhelming. They can, they suck a lot of energy out of you. Uh, You know, do your best to, to be responsible to your body, to make sure you get the best out of it. So you're not like, I've seen plenty of friends go and crash and get like sick and can't go on and and a bunch of dumb shit. So, uh, you know, just think about what your body needs on a regular basis and imagine that it's going to be under new and vigorous stresses when you go there.
1: Yeah, especially that the the staying hydrated like that's a huge yeah. one because you don't I I I think people like especially people who haven't been to shows a lot don't like underestimate the amount at which they will be constantly moving the entire day moving and, and talking uh, and yelling. Yeah, yeah, and like before you know it, like you're like, huh? I haven't had to pee all day. Well, that's because you're you're expelling water out of your body like crazy. So, uh, so definitely uh, stay hydrated. That's probably the the biggest self help health thing that I can think of.
2: Well, I mean, I just for like most people, whatever amount of water you're drinking, you probably need to be drinking more. And when you go to a convention, yeah. it yeah. it it goes up exponentially. So
1: you're already not drinking enough water. So right.
2: Okay. Um Let's move on to towers you next. Feel one.
0: free to use that advice uh, next year when there's video game conventions again. Yeah,
2: like uh, also, I'm sure that, like check your mask mandates and what what convention policies. The world yeah. is going to be weird for a little while. So yeah, yeah. ask us know.
1: again next year, and we'll have a whole host of different like COVID-related like, suggestions.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a serious thing, right? Like when you go to big events, are you going to put on a mask just because? Are they going to make people mask up? Like what? What are they? I mean, they're not doing it at sporting events. People hate them, but. You know, is that like are some conventions uh, where maybe the insurance is like not really as flexible? Or are they going to mandate that kind of stuff? Who knows? It it just you might be in for that kind of stuff in the future. So be sure to check.
0: Here, Johnny, I'll answer this question for you. We're in America and we're probably like one of the least responsible COVID countries. So once like the majority of the country is vaccinated and we've got through that, Uh, There will be no restrictions on anything because America.
2: Uh, I mean, you say that, but uh, insurance and convention halls are a different thing.
0: All right. right, We will see. Like
2: when you're a sport, like if you're baseball and the NBA and football, that's different. You got a lot of money. You got a a much bigger phallus to swing around and knock people about, Uh, you know, small little conventions. If you come in, you're like, we're doing the agriculture convention. For for these tangerines, like because they only like well, let's see, we're gonna put some restrictions on you because we need to make sure. I'm just saying that kind of stuff is gonna. Just happen.
0: let me throw shade at America, Johnny. It's all I want to do. Speaking of throwing shade, <laughs> when oh, will yeah. you Segway. and Johnny be selling your mass-produced crap? Asking for a friend, CWR two. Uh, Johnny, when I'll are you selling for your mass-produced crap? I don't know why this wasn't uh, asked to Stefan. Stefan, did you? Uh, sell yeah, your I have no idea why. Today? Huh.
2: Yeah, mm. I don't know. Uh, mm. I'm gonna answer for Tyler. The answer is never. Tyler's never selling anything. Anything <laughs> that ever. way, he doesn't have to. Me, whenever the money walks up to my door, if you've got an offer for my stuff, come get it.
1: Yeah. Uh, that worked for me. I bought a whole Genesis set.
0: I so didn't we have an episode where it said like, what would it take for you to sell your set or yeah. sell like yeah, everything? Like I mean, it's was, was like two and a half million dollars. So I yeah, got a price. My number
2: was lower. <laughs> my number was lower than everyone's, but somehow Stefan sold his stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, weird. Uh, weird. Yeah. Do you right. think oh well, Go ahead. Do you think the death of Nintendo Age has changed the climate of collecting how and why? Uh so it's interesting because Nintendo Age's death is very recent. The biggest loss of Nintendo Age is not the community. Uh, I mean, the community itself has mostly moved on to video game stage. A lot of them have also been like, F- this, I'm just vanishing into the ether. The biggest loss for most people is the historical knowledge that was easily findable on Google in the archive and also the filterable set lists. Nintendo Age lists, I say this a lot, they've been fetishized. They were not 100%. They're not perfect. Um, they were like, The starting point, like, a lot of lists on the internet were based on Nintendo Age lists, and now there is no longer a central database where everyone can go and be like, what are the unlicensed Super Nintendo games? Oh, there is only this one. We're looking at, like, all these apps and all the lists are just Well, now
2: that's not true anymore. Now there's a bunch. What do you mean? Like, newer unlicensed ones. Well,
0: (laughs) I don't know how Nintendo Age categorized homebrew and things like that, but, um i don't so also because set collecting is maybe less popular or people just don't care and they're just using whatever list i don't i don't think it's had a huge effect on the video game hobby but maybe it has i don't know what do you guys see
1: well i also think it's very difficult to tell because so many you know quote unquote switches were thrown around the same time yeah like that like that wasn't the only it wasn't like nintendo age disappeared and then nothing else was changing in the game and you know in the in the hobby at the same time everything else was changing in the hobby at the same time um so so it's it's difficult for me to pinpoint and say like oh yes this is the impact that nintendo edge specifically nintendo age had on the hobby because so much so so much else has transpired in the last two years so uh, i mean go ahead
0: like we're speaking for a very particular type of collector. Like we we're on like forums and like, we remember like we were Nintendo age members, probably all of us, the average collector, like probably most collectors like Nintendo age, Nintendo age is a bunch of elitist ass. I went on there, said something, someone said something sh- to me. Like I think Nintendo age did not have a particularly great reputation in the hobby. Like I haven't seen a lot of like actual bad things happen from Nintendo age, but, uh,
1: it did not have a great reputation.
0: I got talked
1: to a bunch of times. Oh, me too. Yeah. I yeah. almost got, I almost left That's... as soon as I started. Really. <laughs> that that is was actually
2: going... how I, That's actually how I met Stefan. Cause there was a thread going on <laughs> right. and people were just railing him. I yep, was just like, heard... whoa, get off this poor guy. Give him a chance to breathe a second. (laughs) Yeah. Like he listed his whole story up above what he's going on. People like stupid ass speed collector. Get out of here. You don't know anything.
0: Speed collector. Remember when that was a term? I forgot about that. People used to say speed collector. Yeah, Yeah.
2: dude. I mean, but they were right because Stefan sold it all. So
0: yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Stefan. He's a fake video game collector. (laughs) He just (laughs) wants art. I've turned into a speed collector now, guys, I'm going to win yeah. $5,000 worth of auctions and not know what to do with myself tomorrow.
2: Yeah. It, everyone's <laughs> a speed collector. When FOMO is the only <laughs> thing going <Yeah>. on,
1: <laughs> literally yeah. there's no, no one is not a speed collector in last year.
2: Yeah. So, so there, as Stefan was saying, and we, we always shorthand this into like WADA, uh, but th- that's not fair to WADA Cause WADA is just a, a company and like, I'm not, I'm not here to dump on water or anything. Uh, you know, I like those guys. A lot of smart guys in there. But what did happen is investing happened right as Nintendo age was going down and go collect promise like this thing and like pricing charts and game value now started to like have weird issues and people were noticing more. So it's, you know,
1: and media it, coverage and just like, yeah, yeah
2: that was the stuff. There's a lot to like. Do I think Nintendo Age is a loss to the collecting community in general? If if nothing else, as Tyler said, the Google searches, I disagree a little bit about the community. Uh, I think that's a loss just because you knew all of the experts were there. Like, even if you got dumped up, you like you knew you could like sign up and like throw up a question there and probably get it answered. Um, also, like for me, like I was ingrained on how I operated with Nintendo Age and Sega Age and things. I'm less so with Video Game Sage, though I think it's a better platform overall, and I think you can do more cool and neat things in there. Uh, but I'm just less familiar with it, so I'm I'm doing it less. Just once Nintendo Age app like went away, my immediate like fill for that space wasn't Video Game Sage. It, you know, there was some dead air. Uh, I didn't do it for three weeks. So it no longer became a routine. So now I have to like remember to go to Video Game Sage when I'm looking for things. So. I, th- I think well, that's worth.
0: So also, I think it's worth mentioning. I know it's popular to to hate on people who have started collecting in the past two years or investors or people speculating on video games. If you go into those groups, it is like 2007 nintendo age man. There are people, like, they're only doing it in the pursuit of money, but man, they're going deep on variants. There are people posting pictures, they're posting lists of like, here's every Pokemon Yellow variant, I'm going to put them in chronological order, like... People are serious about variants in the Facebook groups right now, so I think that has kind of replaced the exciting search for knowledge that I used to get from Nintendo Age, because that's not as much what video game stage is. Video game stage, I feel like I'm getting more of the community aspect from it. I'm having fun with people. I'm I'm trading information with with certain groups of people on there. Um, I am getting more that I'm like writing down and putting taking notes of when I'm looking at the like specifically like the wada facebook groups like all the the high-end game room things like that I just thought I would point out what I think has replaced nintendo H. can I be the recipient of the first cq podcast nft says super nintendo nft guys am I right is it nft or do I have to say nifty I have no
2: idea. I, I don't know but uh, okay, yes. let me
0: explain to everyone who is above the age of twenty-two. I think because you're not me, I have no idea I'm what the f- is going on here. So, an NFT is sort of like a cryptocurrency digital trading card, and it is more complicated than that. But that's basically what this question is about. Uh, they're selling for like thousands of dollars. There's all sorts of them. You could buy a Logan Paul video clip for twenty thousand dollars. It's very confusing. Just think of it as a digital trading card i work in tech support i would consider myself technically savvy i spent five minutes trying to figure out how to purchase one of these just as like on a lark just like i want to see what this thing is i'm let me see if i could buy one for like 40 cents and i couldn't really figure out you have to turn your money into cryptocurrency and they have to turn your cryptocurrency into one of these digital trading cards and then i you store your digital trading card somewhere i couldn't figure out the last part specifically how i actually own my digital trading card <laughs> so i'm sure like i was reading articles and they're talking about like you put the gas on the fire and it i will figure it out i will get a, a collector's quest nft set up uh, i just think it's the dumbest thing because if it's not like <laughs> oh i open a pack of trading cards i have you know a bunch of pokemon cardboard this is the best thing ever if you can't figure it out in like one second i don't understand how this is a market at all anyway but it is uh I, Hundred percent want to do it. I think it would be super dumb if we made uh, train cards. think that cards. would be probably super not. Dumb. We're yeah. not going to like sell them.
1: Uh, but... No, we should sell them. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> I don't. So I, it might cost money to create. Th- I mean, it must cost money to create them because it's a cryptocurrency thing, and everything in cryptocurrency is money. But like, I don't know if that's one cent or if it's going to be like forty cents a card. In which case, it would be stupid. Yeah. We'll look into it. And this yes. question was asked as a joke, but, like, I was already thinking, like, oh, man, this NFT thing, this is funny. We should make these. Yeah, well, I still learned something. I have
1: about. no... I, like, before this question, I literally had no idea what this was.
2: Holy I boy. was asked twice about sports NFTs and uh if, <laughs> like, like uh, who to speculate on rookies and stuff. This was a real question I was asked, so...
0: Oh, okay. So, Steph, I'm not surprised. Like, this is such a weird thing. Go look up... What is it? NBA Top Shot? Mm-hmm. So, basically, they will take highlight clips from games and sell them as digital trading cards and the top ones sell for like hundreds of thousands of dollars
1: what cryptocurrency is crazy it is crazy i'm not into it let's let's move on
2: (laughs) all right so we got uh stefan's questions so let's go man where are we two hours let's let's do it
1: all right, I'm going to skip this one unless anyone cares. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, which gaming related pogs should people be invested in in 2021? You wait, you skipped
2: uh, the other one, but this is the one you want on top. Okay.
1: Right, read the
0: Game Shark. Who's the hot one? Who's the nerdy one? Who's the funny one? Stefan's the hot one. I'm the nerdy one. Johnny's the funny one. All right, next question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, gaming related pogs we should be investing in in 2021. Uh, I think Johnny and I were talking in the pre show about this semi seriously, and uh, we were talking about a. Um, Nintendo Power Pogs, the, those are legitimately oh, I, wrong. Yeah.
2: wrong, wrong answer. Uh,
1: but also Slammers, uh, Slammers yep, are worth that's that. That's answer. That's, that's the rest. <laughs> there's stuff. less,
2: there's less Slammers. The Pogs are a dime a dozen. Get the, <laughs> get the get Slammers. The slammers. <laughs> Whatever the best properties are, get the Slammers for it. F- Pogs, Pogs are bullshit. Get your Slammers now.
1: Um, Tyler's in is there anybody grading Pogs? Can we get graded Pogs? I need to know now. <laughs> it's just. A... Can you imagine, Stephen, if you made a graded
0: pog company, there would be like at least like a dozen people who are like oh we got to buy up all the pogs before and they become that the is next thing. You, you would get business if you what made a creative bog. Really Stop by, like, talking
2: about community. it. We're going to have to talk about pogs that are punched versus unpunched. Like <laughs> what do you do with the little hanging tab? Do you like, well, and try to so put that pogs, really like
1: didn't even come like you can't get them in a sheet. They didn't come punched, Some right? did like, though, but even yeah.
2: like from the company they came like that. Some were late like were maybe laser cut or you know uh, like rotor cut or something like Yeah specific but somewhere just printed in sheets and like are those the ones you want do they got to stay on the sheet we're making the company don't worry collector's question is going to be there for you on graded pogs right now i would pick up the saturn pogs that were uh, the right answer a market they were marketed by coke so you could get like cherry coke pogs that have saturn on the back and they come with a special case that's the stuff i'm talking about that's a small little collector set specific case that's where you want to be and again make sure you get your slammers
1: I will say that the as far as like pogs that I like to look at the most, I think the it, they come in sheets of six. The uh, Mega Man X uh, Nintendo Power pogs are awesome. Note that there are actually three different sheets of them, even though only one came in the issue, uh, in the bonus issue, the Mega Man X bonus issue. So uh, if you want the whole set, you're going to have to buy three sets. All right, That's all I got. Let's go. Cool. Uh, anything you guys like to see in small or new collectors slash collections, I'll go. I think the most important thing, even though that we diverge sometimes and you can't really tell that this is a philosophy of ours, is that you should collect what you want. And that's a special or collect what you like. And that's especially true when you're first starting out. I guess unless you're one of these like new investor types, then I guess what you want to collect is things that are the most expensive or most whatever equitable i don't know whatever i'm not that guy but uh but yeah i think uh when people are first starting out the thing i like to see is people who are like actually putting their money into what they love um and then you know if they want to kind of expand from there then great but uh but yeah start with what you love i think we've said that a bunch of times
0: (laughs) yep yep I mean, I'm the same way. Um, I don't want to say that I'm judging people's collections, but if I look at someone who's clearly like a younger guy or a newer collector and their collection is like, here's all the sports games I found at Goodwill and just like a random stack of you know loose GameCube games just because that's what I found, you know, that's not much to look at for me. But if it's someone who like, you can collect Xbox 360, a console I care nothing about. But if I see you've got like Gears of War, Halo, you know, whatever, like the good stuff is for Xbox 360. And it's not just like, okay, here's a stack of 75 sports games and then here's like the stack of seven games that I actually care about. Um, I think it's cooler when someone is clearly collecting what they actually like.
2: Yeah, I like to see weird collections. Like I like to see when people go really hard at something or like they just have a bunch of one thing. I like that. But again, like I just like to see people who are you know, I I like to see people who are enjoying it and like and their pictures kind of reflect that. Um when I'm looking at on Instagram. That's those are the pictures I like the best.
0: Yeah. So there's actually there's this uh really poor collector I know who all he can afford is copies of Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. And even Ooh, though it's the shade. most common game ever, in his poverty he's been able to acquire able to acquire like six hundred of them. And you know what? That deserves some recognition.
1: <laughs> see see Chris, you're throwing shade at me all day. And look at <laughs> look at the one that's throwing it back at you. It's not even me. It's not even me, bro
0: i mean you threw a little earlier
1: <laughs> i don't know uh, i don't have
2: no problem with chris me and chris are good so i'm just saying
1: that's uh so yeah that question was from neon bros and then the previous pogs question was from quill i apologize uh next has uh, i actually really like this question a lot has anyone or has anything ever almost taken you out of collecting what and why from guy climbs tree um i'll go we talked about it earlier i almost exited collecting as soon as i entered it with that f-ing nintendo age thread um, I got uh, Nintendo age was like the first place that I really engaged. I was essentially was just like because I had collected other things before and I'm like, oh, I bet there's a. A forum for for game collecting because I was a, a ninja turtles collector for a long time so the technodrome is where it's at if you want to be a on on a ninja turtles forum uh, or at least it was um and so I was like there's got to be a technodrome for video games and sure enough there was there's Nintendo Age and so um but my um introduction on that site was not met kindly um by a great number of people uh and uh, people like uh, Johnny and actually um, Bronte, Dan Maresca were were uh, a, a few people that actually came to my came to my aid and uh, and honestly Johnny was probably the biggest voice that like uh, encouraged me to to stick it out. So um, so yeah that uh, I, I I almost left at the same moment that I got in uh, via the charming charming folks at Nintendo Age.
0: Yes. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll answer I'll say I mean definitely pinball and I can't even remember when I got into pinball it was probably like 2012 or 2013 because ACDC and Metallica were like the really new hotness I it's not that I, I stopped collecting because I started collecting pinball machines like I've always collect I had a collection of you know like rocks as a kid and then magic cards and comic books and video games like I'm always collecting something uh, but pinball almost like seriously took me out of video games. Cause I had a pretty sizable collection up to that point. Uh, and then like, I stopped bar none. Cause like with pinball, you know, there's, you know, a thousand games. I got to learn the rules to all these games. I got to increase my skills. I got to go compete. I got to buy machines. I got to maintain machines. Like once you're in pinball, that's like kind of all you can do. If you're
1: going to be a serious pinballer, uh so I well, just because you, didn't were, have time for you games were just anymore. you weren't just collecting right you were you were like you are for people who don't know Tyler's a competitive pinball player like not um, anymore so just
0: I I haven't been playing
1: competitively well, com- but I was compared, like very seriously playing average, pinball
0: like traveling yeah. you know across states to play in competitions um and and competing about, like, numerous compared, times compared in the North Carolina State to, like, Championships
1: what it's like, like com- com- compared to someone who just like walks into a bar or an arcade oh, and yeah, plays some pinball yeah I'm no I'm I'm playing seriously um but yeah, I don't even know
0: what got me out of that. Something brought me back to games like 2016. What was it? Anyway, something brought me back to games. I, I like decided like it was like I needed a copy of Banjo Tooie something like super dumb. Brought me back into games, and now like here I am like crazier than ever about games. So I'll, I'll always be collecting something. I'm guessing video games, but who knows? It could happen again.
2: Nice. I, yeah, as okay. far as me, nothing really ever me out of it i mean there are highs and lows and there are times like you can't find anything or everything feels too expensive and you know it's just i think there's an ebb and flow um, where you 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 get some burnout sometimes and you know how do you find ways to overcome that that feeling if you want to keep doing it you know i I think it's really good to you know do some self-evaluation and just look and say, okay, maybe this isn't for me. I, I think those are fine choices. A lot of people, like, get shamed if they leave or, you know, feel like, oh, my God. And then some of my friends will – I won't have this this group. So if that's, like, your thing, just remember the, the group is more – the friendship is more important than the games um, if you're ever feeling that way. But, you know, it's – I think it's natural just to say that that these peaks and valleys will rise in, in how interested you are in collecting, so – you know, I for me, that's that's what I struggle with, and I, I've been doing it for a long time. So, you know, it comes and goes, and I I'm never afraid to turn my interest away. So, what brings me back or what keeps me going is, you know, moving on to something else for a little while and investing in that. Uh, not not like money, even though that's required, but like my, my mental energy, because I I spend a lot of mental energy on collecting as well as time. So when I can turn it to something else and then, uh, something will just naturally grab me and then suddenly I'm, I'm deep in it. Like I, I had a pretty big lull going on for a while. And then I don't remember, I, Tyler and I were talking about this probably two months ago and I'm like, man, I need something to get me restarted about games. What got me restarted in like feeling like, oh man, I got to buy some stuff. Cause Tyler and I both went through a thing where we hadn't bought much and we were talking about it. And then like, just talking to Tyler and talking about cool stuff got me like pumped to be like, oh, yeah, there are things I want to go look for and search for and get like, yeah, let's go do this. Yeah. And yep. then I was I was excited for it again.
1: I uh, I do ninety nine percent of when I do buy games, I do ninety nine percent of that buying either while I'm sitting on this podcast with the two of you or directly after this podcast. <laughs> those are honest, uh, those are my
0: favorite podcasts where we just talk about a bunch of stuff and then it's like and then just oh, go buy it. Man, I don't have a copy of Medieval on PS1. I got to go get that. Yep, that is cool. I should own that.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Please wait. Do uh, live. That's right. Uh, this is a quick one just for me. Uh, are you still getting uh, Buffy autographs? Just for the education of the room here. Uh, my my late wife. That was her collecting thing. She was. She had a Buffy poster that she was trying to get essentially every cast member ever to sign it. Um, and that's something that I have taken on as a quest for myself and my daughter to continue. Um, yes, that is something that I'm still doing, but it, you know, COVID obviously has put a, a kink in things. So um, people are people are less like there's less opportunities to actually go to people, and then there's also p- folks that previously said I could mail them a poster are now less comfortable receiving mail from me. So um, after after this all goes away or it gets better or it stabilizes, then yes, I will continue to. Um, to uh, fill out that poster, I have about 20 actors left uh, for that. Uh, Johnny, do you want to field this next one? Is that something um, that
2: you want to do? No, I don't. I okay. can't. I'm not allowed. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Um, this is from Roo Game 64 They really want to know what happened with my old co-host, Cat.
1: Johnny, we okay. weren't supposed to speak of that.
2: I know, uh, like I signed an affidavit; it was not supposed to be spoken of. I know I, I'm breaking an NDA, but
0: rest in peace. Okay, so,
2: <laughs> so uh, whoa, well, what did you say? <laughs> what was that there, Tyler?
0: Wow, I don't know what. Okay, um, so I would, we're not telling the real story. I'm sorry.
2: N- no, I no, I'm I'm gonna tell the real story. So, you know, it was a transcontinental love affair that broke up two families and ended two podcasts. Really? That's what happened. Uh, if you don't know her husband also named John, very awkward. Uh, he was on the narc podcast that shut that down. Sorry. CWR two. That's why um, he's
1: being so shitty. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: you know, so he lost that gig because of me. It became a big, no, it's nothing happened with cat. <laughs> None of this is real. Uh, like people are like what happened? Like, she <laughs> literally just got too busy and like, Her, you know, she's a wedding dress designer and her, uh, her husband does like a lot of stuff with cars and they're like pretty successful young people. And they were just collecting less because they had different priorities at the time. And, you know, as she was kind of falling out of it, I was like, okay, well, how do I keep it going? There there was no like big moment where Kat and I were like, this is it. You're not supporting the podcast. Like uh, something like that. It's like, oh yeah, I understand. You gotta, you're doing your own thing. And uh, so then I started to look for other things. And frankly, the podcast is better now than it was, Uh, not just because Tyler's editing and all that, but because we over the time we've groomed kind of our focus. It's changed a little bit. Like we went in with some ideas, but now there's a better sense of opinions. There's a larger group talk. You know, I I like what we've become. And that was a lot of uh, through the growth of what Kat and I went through. And I knew when I was looking for new co-hosts, what kind of I wanted, what I didn't. Uh, like where I was trying to get to, I had already come to the conclusion with Kat that I wanted one more host. I wanted the talking to be a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more all over each other. Like, even though that's a pain for editing, uh, you know, just a, a greater variety um, and people with different experiences, which I know we're like three white dudes and it's all kind of homogenized and the type of collectors we are. But uh, on the collecting spectrum, we were all at different places when this started, which uh, is still what I'm going for. But yeah, nothing happened between... Cat and I, I still like Cat very much. Um, if she ever wants to jump on the Discord, I will give her a host role, and she can hang out with us. And I, I, that'd be fun. I really wanted to do a Christmas episode with her, and I dropped the ball on that. I'd never got to reach out; it got too busy and crazy. But like, that's really what I would like to do if I can get her, even with the audio, whatever it takes. Uh, yeah, nothing. Cat uh, was great. I I like Cat as a person very much. Sorry, there's not like some intrigue there or like, it's a boring story. Nothing happened. It's like the story of like me and all of my ex-girlfriends. Like we didn't have a bad breakup. No one cheated. It wasn't like really bad. We just made some different decisions. No one's feelings are hurt. We're still good. Like, yeah, very boring. I don't have that kind of drama. I had plenty of other drama in my life. I don't really do the dramatic exits anymore.
1: Mm.
2: Sorry. Sorry.
1: All right. Uh, next up, uh, will Johnny and Tyler ever give us a narrated game room slash collection tour from Rue Game 64?
0: Tyler. I did this. I did like a joke one on Instagram a while back because you only could do it in like 60 seconds on Instagram. I think game room tours are usually just super boring because um, in in a whole like the people who I follow like. I follow a lot of set collectors, a lot of people just like collecting from all areas of gaming. So a lot of our stuff is just mass produced garbage as Stefan would say. So you look at like <laughs> my wall of Xbox stuff, it's like, okay, here's Outrun 2006, that's a rare game. Okay, here's Stubbs the Zombie, people really like this. Like, I hate that stuff. Um, I'm thinking of one, uh, like the only one I could think of that I watched recently was like Kelsey Lewin and it must've been cause like Stefan posted it on Facebook. And I'm, it's like an hour long or so, like 45 minutes. And I just scrub through it. And then all of a sudden I see like some weird, like vintage Nintendo stuff, like a whole like shelf full of like 70s Nintendo stuff. And then like I stop and I'm like, OK, let me let me look at this. What's this cool shit that they have? Yeah. Um. So why? I? But I didn't watch the rest of the video. So what I would rather do is go to Kelsey's Instagram, where I imagine she would post individual pictures of the actually cool stuff. Uh, and then I'm not gonna, you know, look at the rest of her shelves and stuff. No offense to Kelsey, I'm like sure her collection's amazing. She's like all over the video
1: game collecting, uh, well, she, news article world, whatever it is. She collects really like she's very her her stuff is very focused and honestly, and a lot of it's very niche, which is why I probably post her stuff. But like like she has like one of the most complete the one of the most complete Wonder Swan collections, and you know that kind of stuff. Sure, and yeah. she does have she does have a lot of the like Gunpei. She's very obsessed with Gunpei Yokoi. And so like all of the the earlier that's that's um, probably
0: she was probably like showing golf Gunpei Yokoi toys.
1: Yeah, Um, that's exactly what she was doing.
0: Okay, and like even like the Wonder Spawn stuff, like I don't know anything about that. So that would have been interesting for me to watch. It's just like, okay, like terrible example. Look up Game Room Collection Tour on YouTube and click like the 12th result. It'll probably be full of the boring stuff I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I could I could do one. I, it would be very short. It'd be like, "Here's the Xbox set. We're done with that. None
1: of that matters. Let's let's go find something <laughs> that matters." Now, now, if you did a game room tour as the retro gem miner, that would be <sighs>
0: yeah. That no, it is so yeah. hard to be funny, Stefan I'm not the funny one. Johnny's the funny one.
1: No, no one thinks I'm so the nerdy one.
0: No. So actually, you know, I I do like game room tours a little bit because I love seeing how people have stuff laid out, uh, which is usually a lot easier to tell in a video than still pictures. Um, I do love that, but my game room tour would literally be like five minutes if I did it. Anyway, yeah, John, uh, show so us your for game me, room.
2: me, I I guess I could. It my game room is is boring. Uh like Stefan's game room is like interesting and exciting and like dynamic. It's got stuff going on. My sh is boring. Uh, that's I'm not mad about that. That's how I like it. It's neatly laid out, it's pretty Like, it's not all boring. It's not completely clean and devoid of any personality. But I like to be able to find certain things. And, like, half my stuff is in the garage. So that's not, or in the shame room. So that's not, like, super interesting. Uh, But my shelf layouts in here are are pretty stagnant. And then, like, the rest of my house, where other things are, you would have to ask Stefan. My house is, my wife and I are both collectors. So, like, every room has something going on in it. So, like, even for my son's, uh, you know, for his room when he was being born and we're making the nursery, right? Like, just start theming it. And I put, like, I do what I do. I'm like, oh, I found a bunch of, like, pre-movie Harry Potter stuff to throw in there because I thought that would be cool and, like, some, like, cool Harry Potter stuff. So, like, it would be a house tour, but, like, because focusing on the game stuff, like Tower said, just isn't very interesting. And even then, the rest of my house tour wouldn't be that interesting either because it, like – you just see the kind of things I'm nerdy about uh, beyond video games. And maybe people are interested in that. I I don't know. I always go, man, that's boring. Does anyone really want to watch that? And please definitely don't make it an hour long. I don't want to watch your hour long game room tour, especially like when you really struggle to, to get through it. Or like, like they're holding a handheld
0: to- camera and it's like shaking yeah. while they're trying to pull out the GameCube game. And it's like, Oh, oh, you're gonna tell me a fantasy star online story? No. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, exactly that moment. Like I, I don't wanna do that. Um what I would rather do is just walk out and, like Tyler said, just show my layout. Like, okay, here's the Super Nintendo stuff. Here's the PS1 stuff. Here's Nintendo. This is why I laid it out this way. Okay, come over here. This is the shame room. This is where I I hide all of my Game Boy games because I don't want them in the garage. And then here's uh, the garage. Oh, my God, what a mess. Don't look at it too hard. That's a bunch of games. The end. Like, that's... That's what it would be like. It's like, oh, you want to see all of our Disney statues? You want to see some Harry Potter stuff? You want to see some Legos? Let me show you this stuff. Like that's, I, I, but I wouldn't want to be like taking out individual pieces. And I think that's what people want to do. I would rather do short, like I'd rather do that video and then do a bunch of snippet videos of like, okay, if you went, saw the game room tour, this is like this one area. Let me, let me show you this cool thing and, and have it set up. But people trying to do it all in one thing, one too long. Uh, and like Tyler said, the shaky cam or bad story, mm-hmm. or it's not like scripted enough. It just, no thanks. Mm. So yes, I could do one. Uh, if there's really any interest for that, uh, sure, sure. I mean, I used to, uh, on like Sega age, we used to walk out, this was when smartphones were newer, right? Uh, and like video chat were a thing. Like we used to just like walk through the, our game rooms with each other and be like, here, check this out. Like, that was kind of fun but um yeah like set it up for youtube so it like looks nice and you know like also like oh is it too dark and like getting the production quality you know good enough that someone would want to watch it it's just like it's hard it's hard
1: yeah i definitely uh do find more enjoyment when i'm just like plunked down in someone else's game room and i can just like stroll through it you know that that's that's a better experience for me than just like wa- watching a video i that's what i love about you like walking into your house johnny i just like wander around and pull it off shelves <laughs> uh, then, like, all right
2: I'm, and i'm not picky about it so
1: uh here's a softball Uh, you know and let's just end on this because we already covered there's another pogs question but we already covered pogs uh i was
0: prepared for that the best pogs by the way are street race the holy grail pogs street racer on snes i asked for pictures no one ever sent me pictures of them no one has street racer pogs for snes this is a nintendo collectible that no one has guys go get the street uh, racer pogs all
1: right thank you for the question bo's game room uh All right, Uh, here's a softball to end things off, uh, guys, from Tom Nook. uh, Your favorite Genesis games, let's say top three, Uh, Johnny.
2: Shining Force, Shining Force 2, and Crusader of Senti.
1: Good, good. Mine are a little bit more eclectic um, in in that it's just like based on... Oh, mine
2: aren't eclectic?
1: (laughs) Just that it's based off... Well, yours are also based off of nostalgia. Um, And they're great. Whoa! I don't, I, I don't know that Whoa. I can put them in an. I didn't know that I could put them in an order, but my top three are uh, Growl, Whip Rush, and Toe Jam Mineral. Um, Whip Rush, man, yeah. that is
0: not in a lot of top threes, I imagine.
1: It is not in a lot of top threes, but it's a pretty competent shooter. But it's um, it's a side-scrolling shooter that my grandfather bought me for my twelfth birthday, a oh, birthday, uh, and 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 I like it a lot. He also bought me that growl. That's uh, and that that growl story is is um, I, I I sold it I sold it at a yard sale and it came back to me like twenty some odd years later uh, via I mean, Instagram. That's now
2: Part of your like narrative, right? So that's yeah. like part of your gaming narrative is that story,
1: which I like. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's so Jam and unfortunate
0: just... that you had to sell it again because it's mass produced.
1: No, I know. Toad Toadgem Mineral is uh, is just one that I played with my sister a lot, but. Uh... Go ahead,
0: Tyler. Uh, I was a kid who had a Genesis and like regretted it. So there's like not a lot of like ten out of ten stuff on Genesis for me. My top games are like Sonic Three and Knuckles and Sonic Two, which are not very interesting. I'll pick games that aren't Sonic games. I will say, uh, Shining Force, X Men Two, Clone Wars, uh, Shining in the Darkness is good too. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. And what I was playing last year? Did I talk about Virtual Racing on the podcast? Was I like gloating about Virtual Racing? sounds familiar I know, maybe. okay i mean maybe i actually did but um yeah like virtual racing really good arcade game that could not possibly run on the sega genesis but the sega genesis version of virtual racing is just so good for what it is with like real 3d all the different camera angles ai racers uh virtual racing on genesis is really good
1: and that's not that's not like there's a
0: 32x version yeah yeah i'm talking about just like the regular genesis version i've never even played it on 32x because who plays 32x games that's fair
2: yeah, so like another shout out, like Quackshot is a game I really like. Mm. If you guys haven't played Quackshot, Gunstar Heroes is like a fun game if you like that.
1: I, I mean, thought I, you know so I like... thought I liked Gargoyles until I played it recently, and I don't like that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a disappointing <laughs> so so feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: there's also a game uh, called Undead Line that didn't come out here. That like I got a repro of because I wanted to play it uh, back in the day. But yeah, Undead Line is a really good one too. I enjoy. Like Genesis has some like weird ones that don't get talked about enough. Like it's got a, an interesting library. Like star is pretty good that people don't talk about. There's there's some really good games and um just doesn't get the love it should.
1: Because
0: mm, it doesn't say Nintendo, because Sega's garbage, Johnny. Alright.
2: There's a bunch of good games that never came here too, so that's unfortunate. Anyways, that's it. That's all I got.
1: All right, Johnny. That's uh, my last question, so I'll turn it back over to you.
2: I don't have any questions.
1: No, I know. So but for moving on,
2: yes. Are we, are uh, doing? Let's yeah. Let's we're gonna do it. Let's, uh if you've bought anything or if you're playing anything? We did the last episode like kind of close to this one, so I haven't bought too much new stuff. Tyler, you bought or played anything?
0: Uh, I've been playing Stardew Valley with Ada. We're probably gonna play it after the podcast, even though it's three a.m. Um, nice. Yeah. It's all right, it's fun. Um, I haven't got to the level where it feels like another job yet. And uh, I know like this is a game that is intending to get me to that level and we have not reached that yet. So I'm gonna give it more time and see what happens. Uh, very funnily, uh, one or two episodes ago, I played the Game Boy Kid Icarus and then I forgot about it when you asked me what I'm playing, which is just perfect because I'd make fun of that game because no one talks about it. Well, I played through the whole thing and it's like the world's okayest game, and there's not a lot to talk about. It's, it's a simple little it's kid of Chris game. It's fine. It's fun. Anyway, yeah. what I buy, Johnny? So, Johnny, last episode, which I just edited today, so I remember this, I hyped up that I bought something exciting. It was oh. uh, two pieces, two incomplete versions of a $100 game that I'm going to combine into one Ultra game. And I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. Okay. What? I figured it out. I figured it out. Um, I haven't opened my mail yet. I'm going through my eBay search history. I got two copies of... What is one of the hardest manuals on Sega Genesis to find, Johnny? Game, Game Troopers. It's Kawasaki Superbike Challenge. It oh. is a pain in the ass to find oh, that manual. There's one complete in box copy on eBay, and it's $200. So I bought two incomplete copies for... About a hundred dollars, which is something really? I could like
2: live oh with. my god, it's got that Dude. expensive. Oh yeah. Um, oh no! Now I want to get up and check and see if mine has the manual. I know. So it not
0: just the manual; it comes with a uh, uh, like a contest insert. Yes. And so, like some copies yeah. have the contest insert, some have the manual, and like the one yeah, that has was... both is two hundred dollars.
2: Did you buy the one that was a lot that was like without the cart and it was like all flattened and weird? No. No, Oh, uh, there was. Yeah, there was like that lot was on there for a while. It was like two different of uh, the boxes flattened out of, and like cut up. And then like it had the instruction. Oh uh, no, so no, no. <laughs> almost bought that just uh, to get the instruction.
0: But yeah, so this like I maybe I overpaid for this. I don't really know. I just know it's I think it's the last Genesis manual. Like I didn't have any copy of like there's a bunch I still need to upgrade. There's a lot of inserts I still need to get. But this was just like the oh, I got to get this and it's really expensive. So. I just did it. I'm excited about it. Not really. It, it, it feels, it's not like exciting. It's more like a, thank God that's out of the way kind of thing. Because collecting is a compulsion and we have to do it, Johnny. We have to.
2: It is crazy that this game came like $200 uh, for a complete one. I guess it's like sitting at really like a hundred bucks, but yeah, that manual is a pain in the dick to find. All right. Stefan, what about you? Did you buy anything?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually I did. Uh, some smattering of weird stuff that i don't buy a ton of like i bought two very expensive books one i can't talk about because it's my girlfriend's birthday present uh but uh, i also bought the i've always wanted the uh assigned um jurassic park is my first is my favorite book um and there was a, a limited first edition that the franklin franklin library did Um, that it's a beautiful gold leaf leather bound version of, of Jurassic Park that is also, um, signed by Michael Crichton, which is something that I, I hadn't had. And this is actually like a published signed edition. So I knew it was legit, which is what I wanted. Um, so I bought, I bought me, I splurged and I bought the, a signed first edition, true, the, the true first edition of, uh, of Jurassic Park. Um, so that was cool. What was that, Tyler? I said neat. It is neat. Um. And then um, just today, actually, I, I ended up tracking down. This is something that um, uh, I had actually a, a deal I had been working on for about a year. Um, uh, you probably guys remember the last time I bought um, some envelope art. Uh, it was a set of envelope art from an issue of Nintendo Power, um, which is crazy hard to find because Nintendo didn't return envelope art from and it, it's just it's a nightmare. So I, I bought some from a guy. He had still held on to it. Or rather, he had he had a couple more sets of a couple more issues, but I wasn't able to wrangle them from him, um, except that uh, in this I I kind of vaguely mentioned it earlier that the last couple of weeks I've been selling off retail sets. And so I have a significant amount of capital right this second. Um, and so I reapproached him and I said, hey, I can offer you a little bit more. This is this something that you would be interested in doing? And he said, yes. So I got uh, 37 new pieces of envelope art. Um, today, uh, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, twenty of them are published, and two sets of ten from different epi- uh, issues. I think it's issue ninety and ninety-one. Um, and then seventeen were mailed in, but not published. So uh, that'll be that'll be a fun thing to 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 get through. I'm really excited about that. Um, I also yesterday I I ended up finding a um printing proof of the Dragon Warrior two map, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so I picked that up from a friend and um, That's and nice. that was I, I've got I've got a couple other things in the works right now, but they're so far out as far as like being able to actually nail down the deal that I'll save those for when I get a little bit closer. Mm. Is that it? Just, you know, like dozens of pieces of
0: original art and what was Dragon Warrior two print proof, whatever. OK, um, no, this this envelopes are f-ing cool. I know like the cool stuff is Dragon Warrior. and all No, I honestly stuff think like- that this is. I, no, I definitely too. really
2: likes the envelopes. I oh, love kidding. the
0: envelopes. These are they're... awesome. I absolutely love these. And do you know what makes them doubly cool, Stefan? They're called they're called covers because in the stamp collecting world, the entire piece of postage is called a cover. Um, I'm totally joking, but these are stamp collectibles now, um, <laughs> and they're amazing. There's like a lot of people drawing Chrono Trigger, a lot of Mario's. Oh, there's, it's like mashups that Nintendo would never do, but you get to see them because it's just some twelve year old kid. Yeah, I hope you paid a lot of money for these, Stefan.
1: I did. Okay. Uh, And uh, but at the same time, like that, that also makes me terrified that someone will see their piece and and want it back, and then there'll be a very awkward conversation around how much I paid for it (laughs) and how much they would have to pay me to give it to get it back. Um, So, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, just uh, tell them no, tell them no, and then like lick their salty tears. Yeah. No, I don't actually recommend that. Um, Tyler, Stefan,
1: Hey. Mm. Oh, oh wait, 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 the... there's one more thing. Oh. Sorry, one more thing. Oh. Uh, only because, actually, a, a strange number of our listeners have actually reached out and wanted an update as to whether or not I got my Valentine's Day mount in World of Warcraft. Oh. Um, I did not. Oh. Uh, so that, that is another, I think this is like year 12 now that I have struck out on this. <laughs> uh, so, uh. So better luck next year, Stefan. For the uh, the big love rocket is what it's called. I've ouch. It. Yes, I'm sorry.
0: The grind I'm, makes I'm it more s- satisfying. It's the journey, not the
1: destination. You know what? After 12 years, I just kind of wanted to be. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> no,
2: it's the journey.
1: <laughs> All right, sorry. Go just, ahead.
2: Oh, I, I was going to say I, I don't have much to say. I, I haven't bought much. Uh, we, we talked about it last time. I don't remember what the last thing I said I bought. Um, I posted pictures of pure solar today, but I did not just buy those today though. That's old. Um, game wise. Let's see. Ooh, uh, man, those haven't come. So I don't want to talk about them too exciting. Oh, you know what did come? I bought a Harry Potter and the philosopher's stone import from Japan Because it has the card with it, which is... So the Game Boy Advance version came with a Harry Potter TCG card. So that was the GBA version. The PC version came with this card. But the PlayStation 1 version didn't come with this card unless you bought it in Japan. Then it came with a Japanese version of that card. So I thought that was neat. So I bought that. That's what arrived. Uh, Not super exciting, though.
0: I got I got, some I cool got a card bunch of collecting podcasts uh, if you want to uh listen to them.
2: Nope. Uh I did get a bunch of <laughs> right. I got a bunch of manuals from uh Daddy Mulk, so thank you very much. Um uh, <laughs> taking care of some of my holes and uh yeah, um, taking care of your holes. Oh hole. man, that that is the just the worst <laughs> sounding yeah, thing. You're I'm taking care of some delivery of my over holes. The
1: last solid minute has been very good.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, I didn't buy it like there are things I bought. So now that's the video game stuff. Did I tell you in the last podcast about the stupid uh, Lord of the Rings cards, specifically Aragorn's quest Tyler, Do you remember I this?
1: Remember I wasn't here for that. So let's talk. I about know.
2: It. OK, well, anyways, Aragorn's quest, uh, like Lord of the Rings, uh, the Hobbit came with the card. Lord of the Rings came with a card. I think I did go over this. Aragorn's quest did not come with a card. Except in Nintendo Power magazine and probably other magazines where it came with like the special VR card or something that was in a couple of specific issues. And I think I talked about them. I think it's like 240 or something. I don't remember. Anyways, I got these stupid cards. Uh and then I bought a bunch of dumb stuff. Like I bought some Harry Potter um and the Chamber of Secret Valentine's Day cards, because why not? They were two dollars. So I bought those. I bought some Harry Potter TCG cards. Very interesting. Oh, I bought a, um, I bought a Harry Potter book for my wife, which was this Tyler's favorite thing I bought. So there was a big, uh, literacy thing going on with Harry Potter and Coca-Cola. There was like a combined thing. So Coke was like a sponsor or Harry Potter or sponsor. I don't know exactly who is with who, or if it was, you know, all, all good and equal. But they had all these campaigns running together. And one of them is a for teachers like here's how you you talk about Harry Potter and it's like Coke sent out like a DVD and like a thing that said magical experiences for like teachers to watch and then a copy of the book for them then to read to the classroom and gave them like talking points. So I thought that was pretty funny. I bought that for my wife. Very exciting, right? Woo.
0: Pretty great. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, What platform was that a a Nintendo game? Oh. Nope. Okay. Nope. Look, oh, Stefan can talk
2: about books and you're not bored, but I talk <laughs> about a book? You're a dick.
0: Uh, it wasn't, what is wrong with you? Stefan <laughs> talked about <laughs> Jurassic Park.
2: <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, my
1: God. I'm just the mean one. I'm the Maybe mean one. Maybe you do need your own podcast, Tyler. God. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: So, yeah, not not a lot in the game area has happened yet, but... I got a couple things maybe coming that uh I know at least Tyler's gonna be really annoyed that I bought. So I'm happy. <laughs> I'll be happy to talk about
1: this. Is that things. is that that our collecting goals now? Just like yeah. trying to figure out what would annoy each other the most. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Apparently yeah. it's Harry Potter books. This has been very bad for Tyler. All right. Uh do we have anything else we need to say?
1: Nope.
2: Nope. All right. Then Stefan, tell people where to find you.
1: Uh, You can find me mostly on Twitter at Art of NP. You can also just search the internets for Art of Nintendo Power and you will find me. Uh, And also on the YouTubes uh, at uh, Art of Nintendo Power as well. I just actually posted my uh, panel from UplinkCon 2021. It was me and Tony from Hard for Games, and we were talking about the Art of Nintendo Power. So if you want to hear me talk about that topic for a good almost two hours, uh, I just uploaded that. So go go watch that. Um, yeah, that's me. You'll have to make it through a YouTube face thumbnail to watch that.
0: Though. Oh, God. Unfortunately. Hey, I, I, don't
1: have, I don't have the YouTube face.
0: You have okay. a pretty I, YouTube I, I face. Two, you have like I, the inquisitive, like,
1: what am I going to talk about face? Mm.
2: And then this guy back here. Mm. Yeah, no. You <laughs> like
1: how I made him a little bit smaller? So that. It's-
0: <laughs> oh. It it hurts me. You're good at it though. Good job, Stefan. I like the outline around everyone. 10 out of 10, 10 million views. Thank you. I'm default gen, default gen. Easiest place to find me is video game sage, or send me a message on the Instagram. Or YouTube. Likewise. I don't know.
2: Yeah, likewise. Nice you can find me on Instagram. Johnny underscore Iuchi. I U um, C C I. You can also find me on our Discord if you are a patron. And uh, Video Game Sage, very, very infrequently, but I do pop up there from time to time to answer questions after not answering them for two months. Good job, me. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I guess I have a YouTube channel that occasionally I post a video to. Uh, I've been doing, I say I've been doing, there's one. I've, I'm trying to do more of a, a little series. Maybe the guys will join me in this, where I call it a video side quest, where when we're talking about something very topic-driven, like this co- this. Came with playing cards or this. Uh, these were pack I, I try to show one that we showed on the show and then like an additional one that I would have talked about if our scope had been a little different. So uh, check those out. They, they'll be showing up on my YouTube. And I think it's just if you just Google my name, Johnny Ayuchi, it comes up. But I think I'm officially on YouTube. Mr. Johnny Ayuchi. So
1: Mr. Johnny.
2: Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Did I did I mention that the Castlevania games came? That's probably I the know. coolest thing about oh, so the, the, the vampire
0: killer or kiss. Yeah, well, what was uh,
2: it? Uh, uh, this one's new generations uh, for the the mega drive Genesis, you know, Europe version. Mm-hmm. So it's not vampire killer. Uh, so that came and that was very exciting.
0: Pretty cool.
2: Pretty good. There's I got some more coming. We'll talk about them when they arrive. Pretty stoked. All right, that's it. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening, and thanks to you for submitting your questions. Uh, We really appreciate everyone who who participates in the show and gives us uh, your your fun and your interesting questions. So thanks a lot for that, and that's it for the show this time. Bye!
0: Thank you guys for listening. I think I'm going to start doing errata at the end of the show rather than kind of wherever i put it so for the last episode uh gray majora's mask is not just a color variant as a couple people pointed out to me it's actually it has a different rom with a level select and beta content which is why it's worth thousands of dollars and honestly after looking at it it makes total sense why it's worth thousands of dollars and it's this cool zelda thing so much cooler than like sticker variants and other weird stuff like that Also, you may have noticed some things I said in this episode were basically lifted directly out of this episode and put in my latest YouTube video. That's just because this episode inspired me to make that latest YouTube video. Otherwise thank you to all the Patrons who support the show, Richard, Patron Number One Bowden, The Willennium, Will Joe, Sophisticated Investor, Cartmageddon, Chris SNK, Too Many NES Accessories Morozek, Unpunched Hang Tab Dustin Beagle, The Actual Shinobi Jasonic the Kid, Funko Land Employee Platform Agnostic, The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast, 50 Hertz Is Good Enough For Me, Andre, Wada 9.8 A Benji, The Actually Rare Bird Dog Gaming, Mint Condition Brian J. Mora, The Other Guy, Chris. Fat Cat Collector Chris Jackson. The last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien. Jeremy Jarvis here for the Pog Talk. Video game Art Collector Because Games Are Art, Justin Chichino. Lance Lord Hardstyle Z. Read the game shark. The Promoter, Retro RPG Podcast, Tex Who Collects for Jaguar. Previously unknown variant, Tim Walker. Can't Put Limits on Collecting, VG Collectaholic Canadian Variant Alert, Chris Glidden Bennett 5screw Bernardoni Still finding deals in 2021, Colton Murphy The other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games High-End Collector, Andrew Brim Andrew actually collecting N-Gage O Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts' Patreon Joe actually plays his games Champity Michael, posted in the Discord right now, Chiaramonti, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. Derek Lower, who made me edit this show. Jim Jacobs, world record holder of best collection. The Gamer Collective, who shall not be nicknamed Burger. (laughs) I'm sorry, the Gamer Collective, uh, still living in the year of Luigi. Tom, obscure variant chaser Chase. The philatelist, dork overlord and Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix. Thank you guys so much, and if you hate your nickname, just let me know.